but think back to the 1950s, for example, and even then, I even say the 1960s, even through the 70s, to where you could, you know, for example, you know, leave your car unlocked, you know, let your kids go outside and play in the front yard without, you know, fear of them being abducted. Um, You could let them, you know, go to school and not have to worry about if some nut job's going to come in with a gun and kill everybody. Um, Oh, yeah, like that that black guy in Newton, that black dude, remember? Yeah. And, and yeah, that yeah, that black is. guy. Shot, yeah, that black that black poor guy. <laughs> and the point is, is you look at you look at how things used to be when this country was a majority white country, and now you look at what it's turned into now. Um, even the census, uh, even even you know, confirms that our our people in this country, white <laughs> as a whole, are actually declining, and Mexicans and blacks are outbreeding. Um, and, and part of that can be said, you know, well, there's, there's a tax incentive there because, you know, for every child that you have, that's a thousand dollars that you can get back that you can claim. Um, but my point that I'm driving at is, is you look at how this country was back in the day and now you look at what it's become now. It's, it's a, it's a toilet that needs to be flushed. It is October 22nd, 2018. Hi, this is Ben Shapiro, and welcome to Paradox and Civility, where facts don't care about your feelings. So if you're having any feelings right now, you tell them to go fuck themselves. Because... <coughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Um, welcome to Paradox of Civility. I'm your host, Roy Koshi. Ben Shapiro has nothing to do with this show at all. On this episode, I um, have a conversation with someone named Pastor Martin Lindstedt. Um, If you've been listening to previous episodes of this podcast, and subsequently within those episodes, uh, you've been hearing The Hate Project, um, you've heard Pastor Martin Lindstedt referred to. Some people were egging me on to uh, get him on the program. And uh, Pastor Lindstedt, um, I can't find a lot of information on him. Um, If you Google his name, you'll find a lot of uh, white nationalist uh, forums where he's uh, posting and or he's being mocked. Um, he's sort of an, uh, not sort of, he's a pretty unhinged character. Um, considers himself a pastor. He's based in Granby, Missouri. Um, and uh, he is a white nationalist and considered very, very fringe. Uh, even other white nationalists have distanced themselves from him. In fact, um, he's had some uh, cases against him. At least when I was talking to him, uh, there was a case, there were some allegations that he may have uh, molested a family member, a young, uh, a child, um, and he denies those allegations adamantly. I looked up a little bit of information. I saw there were a few allegations, so... um, yeah, I was uh, maybe letting a pedophile be hateful on my show in, in the interest of learning, in the interest of civility. But anyways, he's a pretty unhinged character. He's very much on the far fringes. I don't think anyone really takes him seriously. But here's why I'm sharing this episode. It's an opportunity to, if you want to understand people on the fringes in this country of ours, how they think, how they feel, how they talk. Um, yeah, it's an opportunity for that. But beyond that, um, 
as you know, this podcast, Paradox of Civility, I'm uh, revisiting these episodes of The Hate Project in order to um, reflect on them and reflect on my participation in them um, within our current era of the Trump administration. Um, so within our current time, a guy like Martin Lindstedt, a lot of people would be able to sort of distance themselves from him and say like, oh yes, he's clearly unhinged, all right? But Martin Lindstedt came up in the militia movement. You'll learn this from the interview uh, that you're about to hear. He came up in the militia movement. He was one of the first people to have a webpage in the militia movement. And Lindstedt mentions two names. He mentions David Lane and Lewis Beam. Now, David Lane also coined uh, 1488, which is the famous, um, famous symbol for white supremacists, Nazis, Klan members, uh, they refer to the 14 words, um, which are, we must secure the existence of our people and a future for white children. Um, and then he authored something called the 88 precepts, which are a collection of statements. Um, and then also 88 refers to uh, the eighth letter in the alphabet, uh, which would mean Heil Hitler. So um, he learned from David Lane. He uh, worked with David Lane's wife. And then he also worked with someone named Lewis Beam. Now I'm gonna post an article in the description about Lewis Beam and I recommend you read it. In fact, it might even be a good idea to read the article before you listen to this episode that you're about to hear. Lewis Beam was uh, the Grand Dragon of the Texas Ku Klux Klan. Um, after he had left, uh, he'd served in Vietnam. And so after he returned, he was bouncing amongst various white supremacist groups. And then uh, while he was doing this, he developed this um, strategy called leaderless resistance. And I'm just gonna read a passage from this article real quick. The whole time he was developing the theory of leaderless resistance, which would be his real legacy. The strategy argued that groups should essentially organize into two levels. The first would be a network of militant underground phantom cells that carry out violence individually or in small groups. The second would be the public-facing political arm of the movement that claims not to be affiliated with the violence. Now, Lewis Beam, uh, he very much, um, and this article indicates that through line between him and people like Richard Spencer, where they try to put a respectable uh, face on white nationalism, on white supremacy, um, you know, they know that uh, if they're wearing swastikas on their face, that turns people off. So they're trying to basically um, make these ideas palatable um, and also give themselves an air of respectability. So, you know, uh, it just looks like we're all just debating ideas, man. So why are you getting upset? Now, speaking of Richard Spencer, um, he was pals with Gavin McInnes. Uh, Gavin McInnes is a media personality who founded the group The Proud Boys. Um, Richard Spencer had given Gavin McInnes a job at Tacky Magazine, which was a very far-right, um, kind of like a storm front with a fun Microsoft clip art on it. Uh, but it tried to look like very cosmopolitan. Uh, you can go look it up if you want. Uh, so people like uh, Spencer, Gavin McInnes, others often wrote articles with, uh, they would call it racialist or identitarian uh, perspectives. But... Um, but from what I've read, just out of curiosity throughout the years, it's a lot of content that um, kind of feels like from the Jim Crow era, like that should have been debunked a long time ago. 
Um, but hey, go read it for yourself. Or, or not. Read anything else. Last Friday, um, the Metropolitan Republican Club in New York City. Um, it's a long-standing Republican club. Uh, obviously, um, a club that represents one of the major political parties in the United States of America. It's a long-standing conservative Republican institution. Even uh, Teddy Roosevelt was a member of the club back in the day. Um, you should have seen his friars roast. It was pretty brutal. Just kidding. Um, okay, so the Metropolitan Republican Club asks Gavin McInnes to come speak there. And he's not just speaking there. He's reenacting a murder. He was there to reenact the assassination of a socialist politician, Inijiro Asanuma. Uh, he was a leader of the Japanese Socialist Party, and he was murdered on live television by Otoya Yamaguchi, um, who was a far-right extremist. Now, uh, Otoya Yamaguchi has become a bit of an uh, icon on 4chan in different uh, realms of the right-wing ecosphere for murdering the leader of a socialist party. So, um, these are folks. Now, just to be uh, completely fair, uh, somebody had sprayed at least a version of what they thought the anarchy symbol was on the front door of the Metropolitan Republican Club the day before, um, in protest of Mr. McInnes uh, speaking there, because the Proud Boys, the group that Gavin McInnes founded, has been designated as a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. And anyone can look this up. Um, look at the images of the uh, vandalism. So there's a brick thro thrown through the uh, window, and then uh, the letter A in a circle uh, was sprayed on the front door. Um, they say that it was Antifa, even though what was sprayed on the front door looks sort of like the anarchist symbol, and it's not even an accurate version of the anarchist symbol. So they, they released some uh, security camera footage of the people spraying and doing this vandalism. I can't see their faces. Uh, so, you know, no one really knows if it was Antifa. Um, which is not uh, one central group, by the way, not in the way that the Proud Boys are or any of these other groups. Um, so, you know, it could have been a setup. I don't know. Or it could have been Antifa, but like the A symbol that they sprayed is so weirdly vague and it makes it's just not accurate to anyone. Um, anyways, I'm not going to get into speculation of whether it was a setup or whoever did it. That's just my opinion. But here's why I'm bringing all of this up. Um, the Proud Boys attended uh, this event. A, 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 quite a number of the Proud Boys attended this event uh, where Gavin McInnes was speaking. And then afterwards, um, they were walking down the streets of New York on the Upper East Side. And then later on, there's video footage of this. They were seen attacking, about 30 of them, attacking three counter-protesters. There were a lot of counter-protesters outside of the Metropolitan Republican Club on Friday night uh, denouncing Mr. McInnes's... Why am I saying Mr. McInnes? Fuck that cunt. He's fucking Canadian. He's not even an American. And these people keep, like, yelling at the left, like, oh, you're harassing Mitch McConnell in a restaurant, and you're just being mean, and you're... You're saying mean things about Sarah Sanders at the restaurant and blah, blah, blah. But you're like, re re you're reenacting a fucking murder of a socialist politician. And it's fine if you're not a socialist, but you're, re you're basically saying that you're celebrating this murder of the socialist politician by Samurai Sword. And then after, after the end of the uh, event, 
People are shouting at Gavin McInnes, and um, he pulls out a samurai sword um, right before he gets into his car. Um, I don't know if that sword was real or fake, but my understanding is that it's actually, if it's a real sword, then that's illegal. You can't pull that out on the streets of New York. That's actually against the law. So anyways, after that happens, um, his little Proud Boy minions, they go and they attack uh, a few people. Um at like around the corner and the NYPD is there and they do nothing and so later Gavin McInnes brags about how um, he has a lot of support in the NYPD and they've always been good to him now um, is that just braggadocio bluster is he just being uh, you know hyperbolic is he just boosting his own fucking ego I don't know I really don't know but um, anyways uh, it sounds like it's true because the NYPD did stand by and the arrests that they made according to many sources were only uh, anti-fascist counter protesters none of the Proud Boys were arrested um, and then there's more footage of the Proud Boys when they're leaving they're screaming I like beer I like beer now that's not the worst thing that the Proud Boys were involved in that weekend on October 13th the next day in Portland which has been suffering for a while with these idiots coming through their town because it's a liberal town and they know that they can get away with this and clearly the police have uh, again in that city the police in August basically um, took their side again uh, the Proud Boys along with their uh, fellow uh, right-wing fascist jackbooted thugs Patriot Prayer led by Joey Gibson who was a candidate for US state for U.S. Senate, actually, representing the state of Washington, um, they decided to organize an impromptu march in response to people holding a vigil for Patrick Kimmons, who was fatally shot by the police. Again, these folks decided to march through Portland. This is not free speech anymore. They decided to march through Portland uh, in protest of the mayor, Ted Wheeler, allowing this vigil to go on without any police interference. So, not only... No, 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 no. Okay. It is one thing to march and say, like, well, I have these psychotic Nazi fascist ideas. I have a right to express them in public. Okay, you know what? That's fine. I can have that debate with you. But they are basically marching because the police... Their little, like, uh, bulldogs are not suppressing a vigil being held by the family of a man shot by the police. Which, I think the vigil is part of free speech, too. So, this isn't about free speech. This is about domination. This is about putting people's boots on the necks of those who they deem are inferior to them. It's never been about free speech. Well, it's about their free speech. It's about their own liberty at the expense of other people. It's about them being able to use and discard other people as well as destroy other people because in order to basically maintain their idea of a hierarchy, maintain their idea that they should be at the top of society, even though they've done nothing to fucking earn being at the top of society. And, um, yeah, that's, that's what's going on here. So um, you would think that these people would be marching alongside Black Lives Matter protesters when those protesters get actually attacked by the police but no these people were actually in portland on the 13th they were marching for the police to add more suppression to other people's free speech i'll post an article about that uh down below as well now let me circle back to uh the proud boys on october 12th in new york city so the proud boys often 
they have enough of a plausible deniability from the Nazi realm of the right wing because they say we are uh, we're not about white supremacy or white nationalism even. In fact, we have proud boys of color in our group. However, um, in a lot of the photos and in some of the videos, the 211 Boot Boys, that is a skinhead organization, neo-Nazi skinhead organization uh, here in New York City. Uh, they were also involved in a lot of the destruction being caused by the Proud Boys on the streets, and they took photos with the Proud Boys as well, and Gavin McInnes has even been seen uh, taking pictures with members of the 211 Boot Boys as well. So here's what's happening, and here's why I'm bringing all this up. Okay, so that Lewis Beam article, uh, you may have read it by now, it's advocating for different tiers, different levels of activism and you need a respectable face and then you need like the boot soldiers beneath um a lot of this stuff is happening it's getting collapsed i mean you had the Met metropolitan republican club which i don't believe denounced any of the proud boy activity afterwards um you can go look that up maybe they will have by the time that you listen to this um and then you have the proud boys which is you know gavin mckinnis like hipster fucking like hack um fucking empty sack of shit he always has been um, he says, oh, it's just a fun fraternal thing. You know, it's just a, it's a men's club where we get together and drink. They deny any sort of, um, you know, any sort of accountability in any violence. But uh, their members are constantly marching in places like Charlottesville. Uh, last year, they marched in Charlottesville. And then uh, they were also marching with Patriot Prayer um, in Portland. And you can, it's all on video. You can see the violence that they cause. Um, so these tiers are collapsing and nobody's even doing a lot right now to save face. I wonder why. I don't know if it's just like, well, this is, uh, you know, us respectable folks, you know, we want to go out there and kick people, but, uh, we had, we were constrained by this respectability. We want to advocate for a, a genocide of non-white peoples, uh, but, uh, you know, that doesn't look so good. I wonder if they're just stupid or uh, really like they just don't care because they don't need to because they have an ally in the highest office in the land right now. And then again, the NYPD get a lot of support from them as well and police departments all over. Uh, and again, in Charlottesville even from last year, uh, you don't see the police doing a lot to stem the activities, the violence from white supremacists, white nationalists when they were attacking citizens in that city. Here's... If anyone is wondering why I'm getting fucking irritating by, irritating, uh, and irritated by this, um, maybe I am irritating to you right now. I don't know, but hey, whatever. It's a free country. You can turn this off if you want to. But for those of you listening, um, here's why this upsets me. Just switch some of these facts here. Let's say that it was a Muslim group at a at an Islamic uh, event, at a mosque even. And there was somebody recounting the murder of someone else. And then uh, a bunch of these Muslim boys went out and beat up somebody. You think that people would be really uh, whitewashing their leaders? You think that, like, the NYPD would stand by on that? Or even a Black Lives Matter event where somebody got farted at in the wrong direction. You know, like, just, it's it's like, it's it's just, we whitewash white terrorism in this country. And, um, again, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know, I really did try to understand this mentality. I tried to be peaceful on my show. I tried to learn, really, 
and I tried to have a dialogue. I knew that I couldn't change anyone per se, but I mean, I also just don't understand this because, um, yeah, that's it. I just don't really understand. Um, you know, I don't know how illuminating all this was and how much good it did. But if you want to, like, learn about the mentality of folks, where they're coming from, um, you know, their talking points, if you want to start listening for that because you're going to start hearing them uh, as we're going forth in our country, um, hopefully for not too long, but we're seeing it happen right now. In fact, uh, the Trump administration is working to erase trans identity so that those of um, those protections that are uh, given to transgender people under federal civil rights law, those will be rolled back. So when that happens to any group of people, we should all be worried. And speaking of civil discourse, um, do these folks ever go to transgender people and ask them how they feel about this? Do they ever have a debate with them? Wow, let's just roll up our sleeves and hash out some good ideas. What's best for everyone? No one does that. They just push their agenda through. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Spare me the civility talk because um, I tried it. I really did try it. So the clip you heard at the very beginning of this episode was uh, another caller who calls in. His name is uh, Edward McBride. He doesn't reveal that name in this episode. He goes by the name Delaware. That's what is showing up on the screen when he calls in. And um, he's also Commander McBride, according to his rank in the National Socialist Movement. Um, so, yeah, he's an open member of this neo-Nazi movement. Um, and he calls in many times afterwards um, into my show. He talks a lot about uh, propaganda about how to um, basically alert the media, like if they put out flyers, you'll hear it later in the episode, you know, how to get the media riled up and get citizens riled up and then bring attention to his organization. He talks about that a little bit. It's actually kind of informative. Um, also, um, in this that clip you heard, basically um, I was asking him about, he was not a Christian, he's a pagan, so I was wondering... How was, as a pagan, why was he motivated to join a hate group that usually is associated with white Christianity here in America? So, but I'll discuss that in another episode. Um, now, fake George Takai calls back in on this episode. And um, basically, uh, I think Martin Lindstedt, he's been calling the Martin Lindstedt show. I believe he's the one who told me about Martin Lindstedt in the first place. And... Um, so he calls back in, and uh, there's a debate between Nazi McBride and Martin Lindstedt because Martin Lindstedt seems to be cool with George Takei's, uh, Takei's, I don't know which one it is, uh, his homosexuality, as long as he's, you know, there for the cause that Lindstedt shares. And then they go into a debate, and then, you know, uh, the guy who does the George Takei impersonation he finally reveals that uh, he's not George Sakai. He was actually, he used to be a member of the white nationalist movement, but um, he actually left because he just found there was too much drama, too much knuckleheadedness. Um, I ask him if he still holds his views, and he says, yeah, more or less. And then uh, Naj Radio, who if you listen to episode 7 of Paradox of Civility, um, you heard him there. Um, he calls in, and he gets into it a little bit. He's the African-American uh, sports radio host. He gets into it with uh, McBride and fake Takai and uh, Lindstedt as well. 
So here's the episode, um, and I will be back at the very end with a couple of closing comments. Talk shoe. Talk shoe. Recorded live. Live. All right, everybody. We are back with the Hate Project. Oh, boy. We are back in business. Welcome, everybody. How are you all? What's that? Great? Oh, that's awesome. Well, okay, folks, this is the Hate Project. Some of you are regulars. Some of you are new. So to those of you who are new, what is the Hate Project? Well, it's a show about hate. It's a show exploring the sources and reasons for why people hate each other. We intend to have an honest dialogue about said sources and reasons of hatred, and we want people to call in and have an honest exploration of your feelings and how you came to your hatreds. Is that right? Um, so we invite anyone to call in here anonymously, or not. You can call in as yourself. But the reason we offer people to call in anonymously here is um, you can um, basically like express feelings of racism, sexism, homophobia that you might be harboring within you so that uh, you can um, basically, you know, we can have an honest exploration. Um, that way, you know, if you're worried about uh, going to your job tomorrow, you know, I don't know where the fuck you work. Your little, like, Chase Bank that you work at. And uh, Manny Alvarez is there. He's like, I heard you on the Hate Project, racist. Fuck you. I hate you. So you can just call in here anonymously and uh, express express your feelings, all right? And uh, we also invite people of color. We also invite people of color to call in. We invite women to call in, whom we have not had enough of. We invite members of the LGBTQ com- community to call in and discuss their own experiences with bigotry and prejudice. Um, again, you can be anonymous if you want, um, or you can fucking... Uh, fucking um, you know, do what you need, man, or, or express your own feelings of bigotry. Or if you hate an individual, you can call in about that. On our last show, you know, we had, uh, we, we had our show on Blog Talk Radio for a little while. And, um, and um, you know, we had somebody talk about how much they hated their um, stepmother. All right? So good stuff, guys. I'm excited about tonight's show. I want to give a, a shout-out to Roman, who uh, co-hosted the show with me last week. Um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, so thank you, Roman, if you are listening right now. Can you guys hear me in the chat? Just uh, I've, I've been having tech, we've been having uh, technical difficulties here at the Hate Project Studio. So um, you guys can hear me. Is I, I can hear you just fine. Okay, and who am I? Um, uh, let me see. I'm going to just call you by your um, screen name here, caller. Um, is that cool? Well, or you can call me Pastor Martin Luther Drzezinski Linstead, or Pastor Linstead, or just Pastor. Okay, so Pastor Linstead. Okay, great. Um, so, Pastor Linstead, um, we extended a, um invitation to you to call in here um, at the mm-hmm. Hate Project. Um, so thank you for calling in. I appreciate that. Okay. Um, uh, I, I don't know exactly who you are. Are you an anti-racist activist, or... No. Uh, you know, you're not a Jew or a Mamzer or anything like that, then, right? I'm not a Jew. What's what's a Mamzer? 
I've never heard well, that before. Well, it's, it's an ancient, it's a uh, Hebrew word. It means miscegenated uh, bastard, sort of like guest number six. Uh, he's a uh, miscegenated bastard known as Jeremy Visser, who uh, essentially pretends to be a Christian dandy minister here. He's a, he's actually a Melungeon. He's a tri-racial ace. Isolated got a little bit of nigger, got a little bit of red nigger in him, and he got a good deal of uh, Jew of both kinds here. And essentially, he pretends to be a Christ, dual seed line Christian identity minister. I was just sort of curious. I was just sort of curious as to what the, you know, what what is the purpose of your program anyway? Well, as I just now explained, uh, it's meant to explore the sources and reasons for why people hate each other. Um, I'm trying to create. I'm trying to create a free speech zone, basically, um, where people can express their feelings and um, sort of their motivations in an honest manner. Um, I make fun of people, but I'm not going to judge you. I just make fun of people. Um, I'm not an anti-racist activist. I'm not uh, associated with any organization. I'm just curious because, like, and, and let me let me explain to you, uh, sir. Um, basically, like. I think that we don't have an honest discussion about like race in this country, even though it's sort of like it's this dark cloud over everybody, including yourself. It sounds like, right? No, no. I mean, I you're probably talking to uh, essentially the master of the master of hate here. I could probably tell you at least my opinion, religious and otherwise, as to why there's hate. Uh, I'll probably point out. Sure. That according to the principles of dual seed, you know, uh, by chance, are you uh, are you a white man, a pure white man, or a or a Not. mongrel, or what? Not really pure. Okay. Uh, what do you mean by pure? You have a little bit of uh, teepee crawler or other, you know, other sort of uh, admixtures, or what? Wait, wait, did you say teepee crawler? Teepee crawler. I mean, essentially, we're talking about what, the teepee crawler. The uh, late Dr. Robert Franz, who wrote probably the best white nationalist uh, you know, webpage, called them Anglo Mestizos. And here in Granby, Missouri, I have a, I live with a lot of them. I wasn't sure where I'd be able to call in because I think some drunk ran over an electric pole and electricity was out for three and a half hours here in Granby. So uh, pretty okay. well, I wasn't, I wasn't. I wasn't quite sure how to go ahead and come on, but I did sense that you have some sort of curiosity as to why people hate, yeah. uh, why, well, I guess haters like myself hate, and I, I have no problem with going ahead and, you know, telling you why. So, I just so sort of ha- want... can, I just, can I just point out something real quick? Sure. You are coming up with, like, new slurs that I've never heard. Like well, I, you're you're going outside the box in terms of racism already in terms of the slurs. So um, congratulations on that. Well, I'm I'm sort of notorious even more than Alex Linder for coining new words. Uh, although, although the term "mamzer" has been around for well quite a long time here. For example, for example, and I didn't know this, but uh, do you know that the word Arab? Comes from the ancient Hebrew, you know, E R E R E B, which essentially was pronounced the same as Arab, and it meant racially mixed. So the first Arabs were essentially the same as calling someone, oh, five thousand years ago, a uh, a mestizo or a mulatto, which means racially mixed. Calling someone an Arab meant you were calling them 
racially mixed, and I guess you didn't know that either. I did not know that at all. Um, okay. I mean, I remember, like, I mean, well, like, something I do know about is, um, I mean, the word Aryan is not, like, based on white people. It was actually, like, and, and the swastika was actually, like, a Hindu symbol that they were appropriated. Okay, well, the the word Aryan just simply meant that these, quote, white people who lived in you know, present-day Iran, which is essentially calling themselves Aryan, uh, just meant the noble ones. And it's sort of like the Germans who went to, you know, got on the boat to England, they became known as Anglo-Saxons, although you, have Ang- you had Angles and you had Saxons still remaining in Germany. You had the same thing remaining in Persia. And the ones who headed toward India, they, you know, in their ox carts, just like the American settlers, just like the Ang- you know the Saxon settlers, just like the Visigoths and Ostrogoths, they, they, uh, you know, the the conquerors uh, of India were called the Aryans, and that was approximately thirty five hundred to four thousand years ago or so, and uh, pretty well, you know, pretty well. Uh, well, I'll, I'll go ahead. I want to ask you, uh, where are you based out of? Uh, what state? And you know, I, I assume you're coming from a major city or something, correct? Uh, no, I don't like to say. I like to keep the um, I like to keep the uh, sort of uh, spirit of an anonymity going on. Um, that's sort of um, that. That's why I don't say. And that's why I don't ask it of other people. So um, I, that's why. The state, then, perhaps. It's it's uh it's on the eastern it's it's on the eastern part of the country. Okay. Well, you sounded like you had about a say. Ohio, sort of like a Dennis Leary accent almost. <laughs> a Dennis Leary? Uh, oh man! Dennis, you have a Dennis Leary, you have a Dennis Leary sort of voice here. Yeah, are you uh, a fan of Dennis Leary? Huh? Are you a fan oh, of Dennis Leary? Laugh, no, I used to laugh at. Uh, I used to laugh at. Uh, you know, used to laugh at Dennis Leary's "No Cure for Cancer." I mean, he was using the F word all the time, sort of like you do, and. Uh, right. You know, I don't know if you ever heard his uh, song or not. It, I heard uh, uh, I heard Bill Hicks's material first, and then so I've heard Dennis Leary's work. You know oh, Bill Hicks, right? No, Bill Hicks from no. Texas. All right. No. Oh, um, so Delaware. I'm just muting you right now because if I get everyone talking in the moment, um, I will kind of be overwhelmed. So because people tend to shout at each other, um, so just hang tight on the phone. I'll unmute you in a second. Okay. So, um, oh, uh, passing list. Let me just give another note real quick. I, okay. I, I feel like I have to give this note. So last week we had somebody who was like in the chat room trying to make thin, thinly veiled threats. Um, mm-hmm. Listen up, everybody. And this goes for everybody who's calling in and everybody who's in the chat. Don't fucking make threats because that's actually against the law. Just throwing that out there. It's a free speech zone. You can say whatever you want. It's a graffiti wall for people who fucking uh, – Want to scream the N word because they can't do it in their daily life, I guess. But um, I'm just throwing that out there to everybody. Don't make any threats to anyone else, even if you even if you hate them. I mean, and that that you know what? We're not going to threaten uh, uh, Pastor Lindstedt over here either. Um, but um, but Pastor, um, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Um, are you? Can I ask you? Um, were you always? Uh, you're you're kind of an icon in the. Sorry, there's a lot. There's a lot that I want to talk to you about. So this is why I'm sort of flustered. You're, you're kind of an icon in the uh, white nationalist community, correct? I'm. 
Well, I good have, and bad. I, well, yes. The answer is yes. Uh, pretty well. Guest number six, I believe, is uh, you know, is uh, Jeremy Visser, aka the Chief Running Lion, Melungeon Pisser Possum, and uh, pretty well uh, in the. You know, I, I'm a member of what I would call the intermediate resistance, the old resistance I refer to as the uh, essentially the racial resistance before probably the mid-'80s or, you know, the Fort Smith Sedition Trial. And then you had a period from the Fort Smith Sedition Trial of 1987 to 1988, which fell apart, to Waco. And then around Waco, you had these militias. You had, uh, you know, and I came up originally supposedly through the militia movement. I edited an online a, you know, I mean, I was one of the first people to have a web page, Patrick Henry Online, your one-stop shopping for sedition. And pretty well through the you know, 90s, I worked with you know, uh, Lewis Beam and, uh, you know, to extent, David Lane through uh, his wife, you know, his wife, uh, Katja Lane. And pretty well, I was a, you know, I was pretty well a, yeah, well, I was very much a writer, and then you say you say writer. Do you say a writer, a writer or a writer? A writer, a writer. I, I have a trouble. I have a sort of a speech impediment because a, a Newton County pig knocked out four of my teeth here and chipped the fifth one, uh, taking me up to the nut house. So, so uh, you're a, a you're a writer, as in like a W H writer, writer, W I T E R writer. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Well, I have some trouble in being understood because, hey, I don't have any uh, front teeth. You know, okay. right here, except on the bottom because a pig knocked them out. Right. Uh, so, you know, I mean, some of your beliefs regarding hate here. Uh, but, but anyway, my, my history is that uh, I had gone from being a, from being a uh, well, a, a actual writer and editor of racially based militia material, you know, through okay. the 90s, and then in the you know in the early century, you know, in the early century, by this time I was openly Christian identity, and you've had and I have a, I have a show called the Movement Turd because what does a bowel movement produce? It produces a uh, it produces a turd. So essentially, I talk about David Duke as I call him the deck of death. Uh, you know, Alex Linder or the Gusset Guido Kiken Weasel with Jew Askays, aka Crohn's. And, you know, pretty well I am you know, probably I'm probably the people who you know, who most people think of as being a dual seed line Christian identity maniac because I run around with half a beard and pretty well I talk about how there needs to be the great tribulation to exterminate what, 90% of the Whiggers are white niggers, and, you know, 120 million of them, 170 million, 170 million uh, Mamsers or mixed-race people, six or seven or eight million Jews, and then Jesus Christ will return and set up the thousand, you know, set up a thousand years, and then you'll have another short rebellion when Satan's turned loose, and then you'll have the, you'll have Judgment Day, but only for the whites. So you are you are you are um, basically like you you are for you are for the destruction of other races basically the extermination you said 
Well, the extermination of the current of the current order to a dual seed line Christian identity who he really is. I mean, you have a bunch, you have a bunch of characters who claim to be dual seed line. Uh, Eli James, he's actually. So I, I don't know what dual I don't know what dual seed line is. So just okay. Explain well, let me let me explain what Christian identity is. Okay. First. Yeah, this this has been a confusing thing. I've been trying to like get answers from other people and like. Nobody's giving me an answer on this one, so explain to me what okay. Christian identity is. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you about the you know the thirty second one. Christian identity is the belief that the that the pure white Celtic Germanic Scandinavian peoples of Northern and Western Europe and their descendants in Canada, United States, Australia. All the quote lost ten, actually all thirteen tribes of the House of Israel, which were conquered in seven, you know, about seven thirty to seven twenty BC, and deported, deported from Israel to the Northwest Assyrian Empire, and you had under, you know, King Rehoboam, you know, Solomon's son, you had a split up between the House of Israel and the House of Judah which consisted of, of Judah and Benjamin, and later on the Levites, because they were pretty well turfed out of their position by King Jeroboam. But all, all the tribes were deported, and essentially through a period of migration, they moved and they mixed in with the, well, with the, uh, you know, I've been, over the last two months I've gone to, uh, Bertrand Compare and people mistranscribed him. He was a founder of, of Dual Seed Line Christian Identity. He was saying that Adam was the first white man. And the truth of the matter is that Adam was the first white you know, was the first man of a new white race giving it given a soul, depending on how you yeah, but depending on how you date it by the Septuagint five thousand you know, seventy five hundred years ago or by the Masoretic King James Version. Uh, around 4004 BC, you know, September 1st at 9 p.m., according to the Bishop Usher of uh, Ireland. But essentially, Adam was the first white man with a soul. There were there were cavemen, there were Cro-Magnon men, but essentially, you know, this belief in in Christian identity believes that the pure white people are the descendants of of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Israel. And that we are the heirs of the promise and the covenants, and uh, it's been around pretty well since uh, Mormonism. Around the 1830s, it was called British Israelitism, and it's still called British Israelitism. Uh, the biggest, you know, Christian identity church was under Herbert Armstrong's Worldwide Church of God. That's where uh, I was from the year, you know, age of 10 to 20. I got away from it, then I came back to it. So essentially, Christian identity is the belief that is the belief that uh, the white northern and western European people are the quote lost actually all thirteen tribes of the House of Israel. So they're okay? Jews. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> what? Okay. What most Christian? What? What the Christian identity belief, like Herbert Armstrong's belief was, is that you had a difference between the house of Judah and the house of uh, Israel. You read about it in the Bible, to where Solomon 
you know, had many wives. And if you really get into it, Yahweh, Yahweh, which is the name of our God, Yahweh cursed him to where he would have only three sons. Uh, he got pretty well annoyed at Solomon worshiping strange gods, and he pretty well cursed uh, Solomon's nutsack. But anyway, that's 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 something you know. That's something uh, different. Okay. After, after Solomon, you know, Solomon taxed and taxed and taxed the people, and they got tired of that crap. And essentially, essentially, uh, you know, Yahweh had promised King David that there would always be a member of his line ruling somewhere over the Israelites. So they went to his son, Rehoboam, and he listened to his young man. He got all arrogant. He said, well, I'm going to be even worse than my father. So you had under this Ephraimite, which was one of the other major tribes, you know, it was one of the two houses of Joseph. And okay. Jeroboam said, you know, Jeroboam rebelled and set up the northern ten tribes, which was about 60% of the land of Palestine, and 40% was left to Judah. But Benjamin, but Benjamin, which was the actual first king of Israel under King Saul, went with Judah. And what, uh, and okay. what, uh, Jeroboam did is he didn't want these people going down to Jerusalem to this temple that Solomon had set up and maybe going back to the house of David. So he set up some golden cows on two sides of his kingdom and he chose the most base people to rule over it. And as a result, the Levites didn't have any means of pretty well living, most of them, so they also joined the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin. So you had 13 tribes, and 10 of them were in northern Israel. And the first time you hear about the, quote, Jews, they are at war with their brethren, the Israelites. And so you're, you're, talking, about, you're talking about, at least in Christian identity, that there's a difference between Jews you know, and Judeans and Israelites. And Jews tried to go ahead and you know, go ahead and change that. Now, shall I go ahead and tell you what the dual seed line belief oh, is among Christians? Well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna point this out, Pastor. Uh, that was longer than 30 seconds. I'm sure it was. I'm just sorry. throw that out there. Okay, so all right, well, you know what, Delaware hang tights. I want to get to you in a second. Um, okay, so the dual seed line. Explain that to me. Okay, the dual seed line. You have you have this belief, and this is common within Christianity, is that essentially the quote Jews had their chance to accept their Messiah, and they rejected their Messiah, and as a result, Paul has now got the covenant, the you know, of Israel with the quote Gentile nations. Now the word Gentile just simply meant. Well, it just simply meant tribes or nations. It didn't really mean, you know, like the Jews want to claim, you know, a Gentile is a non-Jew. Essentially, it just meant a nation. You know, that's why in some cases we call ourselves Aryan nations, because we're the white nations. But, you know, you know pretty well the, the belief here of really all Christianity is that all the Christianity are, quote, Gentiles, and they have gotten, because they got, they got the covenant, it was taken away from the, quote, Jews, and given to the Gentiles under Paul. Okay, you, you have heard something like that, correct? Uh, vaguely. Okay. 
All right, now we get to do a feed line Christianity, which is rather the, I guess you would call it the wilder version of Christian, Christi, you know, Christi, Christian identity. Uh, Herbert Armstrong had, uh, you know, when I was a child in the, uh, you know, in the mid seventies, he had as many as 156,000 people attending his uh, feast here, and by far most of the Christian identity are offshoots and splinters and the rest of Herbert Armstrong's uh, Worldwide Church of God. There's thousands of splinters. There's lots and lots and lots of congregations. And uh, essentially, they, you know, Herbert Armstrong didn't really develop anything new. This was all developed from, you know, pretty well regular British Israelitism. Okay, but dual seed line holds that there are two seed lines, one good, one evil. Okay. And that the evil that the evil seed line is the result of Satan's seduction of Eve, and she gave birth to Cain. And thus Cain is the very first Jew. The Jews are the spawn of Satan. They are born evil. There is no good in them at all. And the good seed line was, well, you know, through Adam here, and Abel, of course, got murdered by Cain. And as a result, later on, there was a there was a son called Seth, and Seth essentially met replacement. And through you know through Adam, through Seth, and then through the patriarchs Noah, you had you had this flood. Now, to dual seed line Christian identity, there is a belief that Jews are the literal spawn of Satan, that they are born evil. When I was young in the Worldwide Church of God, I used to ask, "Well, why did?" Why did Yahweh give, you know, Cain a mark on his face that was just Adam and Eve running around? I mean, he just murdered Abel. You know, couldn't Adam and Eve say, well, beware of that, beware of that Cain. He's a bad one. And I also used to ask, well, where, where in the world did he get his wife? Or where did, you know, I mean, how did he get enough people to form a city? And dual seed line Christian Denny holds that, Cain became the Emperor Sargon the Great of Akkad, who had pretty well conquered these blackhead Sumerians. The other big difference between regular Christian identity and dual seed line is the belief that there was no worldwide flood, that Noah's flood was just simply a local flood in the Tarim Basin, which is a, well, now a plateau nestled up in southwest China, up against the Himalayan mountains, 600 miles long, 300 miles wide, and that Noah's flood was just simply, was simply just simply drowning out these miscegenating Adamites because they miscegenated with demons and created these giants, and they were also miscegenating with not other non-white Adamites. Okay. As result, so essentially, dual seed line holds that Jews are the spawn of Satan, that they are absolutely evil, that, uh, you know, then later on, you know, and that the the non-whites are the, quote, six-day beasts of the field without no souls, without, okay. you know, anything else. And therefore, only the only the white people have souls. Only the, you know, the line through Adam is, is good. Essentially, okay. the non-whites are usually evil, but the Jews are the little spawn of Satan. After so that's- the Bible, that's different yeah, than um, that's different than like the Christian identity uh, perspective that the Jews 
are uh, subhuman, and, but they run the government, right? Well, no, I mean pretty well. We say that they're, you know, they're not they're not human at all. They're you know they're the literal spawn of Satan. Uh, I okay. Used to, and so I like used what's to, what's they they all hate Jews basically is what you're saying, right? Well, see, unlike you know, see, unlike uh, unlike the British Israelite you know Israelite people, they don't like Jews very much, but they claim that they're of the tribe of Judah. And therefore, they may have some human characteristics. Dual seed line holds is that a Jew is a literal devil on earth. He is born evil. There is no good in him at all. And that non-whites okay. essentially are not human beings either. That they have no, that they have no, uh, you know, that they have no souls. They have no right to exist among white people. They need to be in their own native lands. And one of the things you are one of the things that you are talking about in the hate project uh, is the origin of hate. And pretty well, the dual seed line belief is Genesis three fifteen, where it says you, there will be enmity between the spawn of Satan, i.e., the Jews, and the the white good seed of Eve. And essentially, Genesis 3.15 is an enmity, a hatred between the Jews and us white people. And literally, literally, it's not something which is brought, you know, it can be brought about by, by environment, but Yahweh placed this hatred, and we are supposed to hate the Jews, and of course the Jews, this is Genesis 3.15, is the only law of Yahweh that these Jews really do okay. obey, and right. they hate us. Okay. All right. Okay. So let me. Uh, I just need to take this phone call because this poor guy or poor gal has been on the on the line for a long time. So let's just. Uh, I, I need to address a lot with you, sir, because like my chat has never blown up like it has before. You are a contentious figure. But let me take this other call. Okay. Is that cool? You bet. All right. Delaware. That is the name I see right here. You are on the line. How are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm good. Thank you for waiting so long. I, I apologize for that. Um, and again, you know, it's anonymous. Like, I don't even know your name or anything like that. Or, right. Um, so uh, what, what provoked you to call in? Well, I seen the, uh, the photo that was used for your call show, and I, I thought it was very interesting. So I figured I'd chime in uh, being an, uh, a well-active uh, member of the white nationalist movement for the last 12 years. Okay. And I seen that you guys, you know, part of the, the description was uh, discussing hate. Uh, yeah, things of that line. So I, I tried to, you know, sit there and listen. And go, All right, let's see what's going on here. Um, and and I felt like I was in a church. With which much respect to you know the gentleman from the Aryan Nations and everything, because you know I recognize his efforts um, and the never-ending struggle. Um, but with that being said, you know, like I said, I've been a member of, of the movement since I was I don't know 14, 25. I wasn't raised around it. None of my family have a background except on my mother's side. I'm related to Paula Schickel Gruber, um, which is Adolf Hitler's sister. Um, I, I've had family members that, you know, fought on both sides, you know, in World War II for America, on the other side. Um, so so I, I know my history. Um, I also okay. know the Bible. And I know we were – he was discussing some verses from the Bible. I'm a pagan, uh, Odinist. Um, Did and, you hear a uh, pagan? Yes, I'm say? an Odinist. Uh-huh. You're a uh, pagan Odinist, okay. Yeah, it's the same thing, but it, it, it's classified as pagan, um, deemed by the church. Uh, they call us heathens, 
Um, back in the day, they used to call us blasphemers. Um, they would execute, uh, you know, Vikings, uh, anybody who refused to convert to Christianity. Um, they were either nailed to a cross, assassinated, um, villages were burned. So on, on my side of the tracks, I have a, 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 a deep-rooted hatred uh, for the church as far as, you know, those go because, you know, people look at, you know, World War II and, you know, all the, the, the amount of deaths that were caused as a result of World War II. But let's look at the deaths committed by the church and the Inquisition, um, the Crusades. You know, it's like, so if any, oh, symbol, true, yeah. if any symbol should be, you know, recognized as a hate symbol, um, it shouldn't be the swastika. It should be the cross because uh, anybody you, familiar with uh, pagan history knows that the yeah. cross is originally uh, the Viking ruin of uh, the tree of life, which is what you see hippies use today upside down as their peace sign. Um, but reversed, it means death. So if death is peace to these people, then by all means, have at it. <laughs> wow. Okay. So it's interesting you bring that up. Doug, you know the comedian Doug Stanhope? Mm-hmm. I'm familiar. He had a bit of, yeah, he had a bit about that where, uh, like, when I knew Pope, he was you – know, um, our current Pope, I guess, you know, when it came out that he was part of, like, the Nazi youth – uh-huh. He sort of like had this joke about like you know, um, yeah, the Catholic Church. He's basically what you just now said, like the the, uh-huh. the amount of like bloodshed that the Catholic Church has been involved in, and you know, instead of saying, "Wow, you hear about that new Pope? He used to be a Nazi." We should be saying, yeah. "You hear about a new Nazi? He used to be a Pope." <laughs> I'm just quoting Doug Stanhope there. Okay, so uh, Delaware. I mean, do you know Pastor Lindstedt here, or do you know of him? No, no, no. I've I've heard of him before. Um, I've had a number of run-ins in the past with the Erie Nations. I know some people out in the East Coast, up in uh, uh, up in Wilmington, um, further up alongst the, the coast. I'm also familiar with. I don't know. I don't know what the pastor's take on Morris Gillette would be, but I think it'd be interesting to you know to hear you know the Aryan Nations response to uh, you know Morris Gillette. Um, you know. I I, know I I used to be his uh, Missouri State chapter leader. Uh, okay, well, the I question I want to ask you is, it, yeah. what was up with the uh, the Ohio newspaper uh, publishing uh, an article with a photo of uh, him sitting down with an FBI agent? Pastor Lynch, that well, was? The, 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 the reason is, is that... To be honest with you, uh, Morris Collette, and you have you have uh, you have some pisser possums and some nimbusters. Reason? Oh, wait, 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 What's a what's a pisser possum? You keep making up new slurs. Uh, well, I, you know, it, it's my term for the followers of Jeremy Visser. He's a Melungeon, which means he's part he's part uh, nigger, part Cherokee, so-called Cherokee, uh, uh-huh. and he basically mixed blood. blood. Yeah, he, you know he's a he's a mamzer, but he's a mamzer with Jew blood, so he's more evil. He's a he's a, uh, he's a wow. criminal. And two years ago, two years ago, uh, he was you know his wife ran off to her mother up in Washington State, and uh-huh. he went ahead and stalked he went ahead and stalked her, and oh, nice. then, he went, then he ran back to you know around Atlanta, Georgia, in order to get out. You know he was three weeks in jail, in order to get out of stalking charge. He went ahead and pointed out that you know to his Brother Sean Aaron Visser was a you know obviously a non-white, and uh, pretty well he said, well I'm not white supremacist. Heck, I'm not Aryan Nations. I'm not even an Aryan. I'm a Cherokee. And so oh, what a traitor! They just, they just, <laughs> yeah, you know, well, not a traitor. I mean, he's just he's just he's just a Melungeon, he's just an evil Melungeon Jew mamzer. Mm-hmm. I was I was ordained by Galette, and the problem with Galette is he got he got you know. The problem with Pastor Butler, the problem with Pastor Butler, 
Now, I've got a lot of respect for Butler. I okay, know some people that knew him. He wasn't he wasn't Wesley Swift's original successor. Uh-huh. It was a it was a man named Connie Lynch who a lot of people believe that Zog murdered, you know, in right. jail. He had a heart attack. And what Butler well, oh, did, uh, what, what does Zog stand for again? Can you can you Zionist, Zionist occupied government? Well, oh, I think the title should be changed because in in Europe um, it's illegal to say you know the word Jew. <laughs> I mean, you can't even speak of the word Jew without you know exercising hate speech, which is a penal offense um, punishable by arrest or prison. It should be, and this is where it's going to sound funny. Jog for here in the United States because we have that right uh, freedom of speech, Jewish occupied government because that's exactly what it is. So Delaware, okay. what, what uh, organization are you part of again? I'm sorry, I'm not, and don't don't name it. Don't name the name, but like, what what's the sort of like realm of the white nationalist movement are you part of? Are you a neo-Nazi? Like, what are no, you? No, no, I don't consider myself a neo-Nazi by no means. I consider myself a national socialist. Um, national there's socialist, a big Nazi. difference between um, neo-Nazis, national socialists, uh, skinheads. Um, you know, personally, I, I take a dim view um, when it comes to skinheads because for, for every positive step uh, that people like myself try and take to show people that, you know, hey, we're not the bad guys. Hey, we're not looking to, you know, murder anybody or kill anybody. You know, we recognize your right to exist within your own sovereign countries of origin. You know, Asia is Asian. Mexico is Mexico. China is China. You know, America should be American. I mean, why right. American? Like for for uh, Native Americans, right? For Native What's Americans. That? Yeah, for Native Americans. You're right. Well, actually, I don't consider we don't consider ourselves um, Native Americans. I consider myself a European well, American. Yeah, because so my ancestors, like, why, why shouldn't you? Why shouldn't you be back in Europe then? Exactly. Um, but it, it's it's kind of it's kind of catchy because you know there there's so many things that come into play that you know prevent that like for example you know you can have hundreds of thousands of illegal mexicans come here with diseases and god knows what frankly i mean you can even google it diseases that have been long gone in america for decades and now we're seeing them come back in because these people are coming over in droves i mean hell it, we've we've seen leprosy um and California, Arizona and small parts pocketed mainly you know small small ep- epidemics um, but nothing on a grand scale yet. Um, but yet it's almost virtually impossible <clears throat> for any of us um, to go to any other country. I mean, these people, they come here, boom, they get everything. Welfare, housing, Medicaid. Yeah, I, I've traveled all over the country. I've traveled all over the world. I haven't had that hard of a time of it. Well, for some people, like for myself, I've got, I've got a swastika tattooed on my left arm. I've got 1488 tattooed on my right. I've got a right. red swastika on my back, and I've got a pair of red SS bolts on my other shoulder. So for people that have visible identical symbols um, that are obviously illegal in Europe, like in Germany, um, it's punishable by jail um, if you display any kind of swastika at all. I so see. it's like, all right, well, they're tattooed on me. You know, what, what the fuck am I supposed to do? You, know, you say you have a constitution and a democracy – well, how do you really have that when you start making amendments to it by saying this is acceptable, but this isn't? You can do this, but you can't do that. Let me ask you something. Um, do you um, do you have a hard time here in this in this country with your tattoos walking around town? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, really? I, I wear them proudly. Um, 
there's been a few people over the course of time that have asked me because I've got a pair of uh, uh, black SS bolts tattooed on my hand. Um, and at my work, I've got you know Mexicans, blacks that I work with, and Muslims that I work with, um, and they know how I am. I, I've immediately identified myself to them, and I told them straight out, you know, I'm not here to fuck with you. You're not going to fuck with me. I'm here to do a job. That's it. They're not paying me to solicit for the cause at my place of employment. They're paying me to do a job. If you want to square okay. up outside, time and a place, pal. Just let me know. And, and can I just ask you a question? Uh, so you, you, are, you are within, like, a diverse community where you work. Yes. Okay. So, I mean – and so, like, how's there, like, so they, how do they respond to you when you say that? When you're like, I'm, I'm a racist, I don't need well, actually, you. I, I don't really consider myself a racist. How I tell them. All right. Well, know, like, I'm a, the, I'm the a spiel you just now gave me. All right, it's fine. The spiel you just now gave me. Just, just, how do they respond to that? Are they usually like sort of like? Well, they're they kind cool of taken by surprise because most people um, who are kind of you know caught with their hand in the cookie jar, so to speak, uh, immediately um, try and deny it. Versus me, I'm proud of it. So like so then like what's what's next? Do they do they sort of say like all right or do they report you or like what do they do? No, I don't get any reports. Sometimes I get asked questions about it. Like all right, well, what's this particular tattoo mean to you? Why did you get it? Um, why do you <laughs> is, feel this way? Yeah, yeah, I'm being serious. They ask why me you know, sometimes. Well, uh, why do you feel this way? And I tell them straight out. You know, just just look at the uh, the Department of Justice's crime statistics. You know, for example, when the, the flash mobs, the black flash mobs were taking place in Philadelphia and Wisconsin, um, and they were – this was just crime at its, at its lowest point. And the only people that were being targeted were white people. Um, and it's like, all right, you know, if, if a group of black people attack a white person, it's not a hate crime. But yet Wait, the United mob? States – yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you those, didn't – Those I'm things where, like, people get together and that. dance? What's those, that? Like, you, are you talking about, like, those, like – the, that little like trendy thing, like improv everywhere, where no, like no, no, this is where a bunch of black people get together and just go out and attack whitey for no apparent reason. What, I've never no, heard of this. No motivation, and that's because it's a okay. media cap. They don't well, want okay. you to know. You can go on YouTube and look up, you know, um, what is it? Uh, uh, black flash mobs in Wisconsin, uh, Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania, um, and you'll see the video surveillance to where people are literally being beaten. Uh, almost to a bloody Pastor, hole. hang on. Sorry, pastors. I'm, I'm Mr. Linstead. I'm not neglecting you. Just, just, just hang out for a bit, okay? I'm sorry, yeah. but Delaware, no like, I Delaware, like, I'm, I'm just sort of a. Uh, okay, does, is anyone in the chat like who's listening to this? Can you verify that there are black flash mobs? I've never fucking heard of this before. Anyway, yeah, it happened in Wisconsin uh, last year, actually. There's a lot of black flash mobs. That's why they're called there's, there's flash black mobs. black people in Wisconsin? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you'd be surprised. You'd really be surprised. And then you've got groups like the, uh, the New Black Panthers Party headed by Al Shamar Shabazz um, advocating on uh, Fox, Fox News, national television, I might add, uh, the extermination of crackers and cracker babies, as he put it. And I, and I quote him. I quote you know, that very man. And but yet if we sit there and say it, then it's like, all right, well now you're trying to incite harm, you're advocating murder, and the next thing you know, there's a knock at the door from the FBI and Homeland Security, going, ha, hey, you need to come with us. We got to have a talk. I mean, you've got voter intimidation, just like um, uh, when Barack Obama was first running for president out in Philadelphia, um, you had members of the new Black Panthers Party um, setting up shop and with you know nightsticks and everything. 
out front of McCain's booth intimidating voters to where they wouldn't vote for him. Really? And that's fact, too. But these people were arrested. That's a given. Um, but 24 hours, the charges were dismissed. And these people, they walked. They even bragged about it. Wait, so, okay, so, like, if anyone in the chat can verify any of this, please let me know, because I've never heard of this in my mm-hmm. in my. You community. can go on YouTube and see the videos, uh, but you can even go on Black Google. Black Panther Party. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, new Black Panthers Party. Why would, like, why would they, why would they, uh... Why would they suppress that though? What's what's the point of that? Well, the point is, is it, it's it's kind of like a steam kettle. You remember those old uh, steam pots, you know, for brewing tea that you know our, our grandparents used to have back in mm-hmm. the day, sure. and that pressure builds up to the point to where it just it comes out, and that's what they're trying to do by blacking it out and not reporting it. Is they're trying to keep people unaware of this because if if Caucasians nationwide were to actually catch wind of this and go, okay. How come the government's not doing anything? How come local and state law enforcement aren't doing anything? And then, then what it would do is it would give us the moral high ground, and people would go, well, damn, these people are actually right. This shit's actually happening. Why, why isn't anybody doing anything about it? And so they try and keep us from a level playing field. But I guess like I'm, trying, I'm, I'm kind of confused. It's like... I mean, a lot of people who run the media are white. Mm-hmm. So yeah, why but you also – it goes back to uh, what the pastor was saying, and one of the things that you had said you know, about you know, how, how the Jews control the government. Well, that's true. I mean, you I look was at kidding the, about uh, that. Well, it, it is. It's true. I mean, you look at you know, who controls the Federal Reserve. That's a Jew. Rahm Emanuel, Barack Obama's chief of staff, Jew. Um, you know, the Fox News, MSNBC, the New York Times, the Washington Post, Hollywood – um, it, it's all true. You can verify this. Even a book that I read um, when I was, I'd say, 13, before I made the final decision um, to commit to the struggle, I read The Protocols of the Elder Learners of Zion. And, and this I've heard book, of that, yeah. it, it turned my stomach to the point where I kind of stepped, I kind of stopped listening to what people were telling me, and I, I stepped back and I started looking with my eyes. And the things that I started to notice and the things that I started to see, I was, I was just horrified. I mean, I was horrified that nobody had, had any kind of backbone or testicular fortitude to stand up and say, you know, something's wrong here. But then again, majority of people don't do that because, well, for several reasons. They're afraid of being called a Nazi, a racist, anti-Semite. Um, they're afraid of losing their place of employment. Um, they're afraid of having – like on our website, we have a video where the new Black Panthers Party um, was actually holding – trying to hold a rally um, outside of a man's home in his neighborhood because he had shot and killed two black people who were breaking into his home. And, and the entire community ran, ran the Black Panthers out of their town. Um, mm. So it's like you know this kind of stuff. This is really happening. I mean I even have on our radio show – um, Commander McBride's command, uh, community call where we had the uh, head uh, from the American Antifa chapter, <clears throat> which is anti-fascist, uh, onepeoplesproject.com, uh, Daryl uh, Jenkins come on to where in Greece uh, Antifa claimed responsibility for a bomb attack at the uh, Golden Dons, uh, one of their offices um, that left several people injured. Uh, luckily, I don't think there were any fatalities, and I straight up asked him. I said, you know, I want to know. Does the American Antifa chapters um, 
support and endorse this kind of action, or do you denounce it? And he flat out said it, it recorded live. Yeah, we support it, and we shed no tears. And I was like, well, wow. You know, so, so not only are we in, you know, quote, an actual fight for our existence, but we're fighting a fucking war against these, against these people who, in fact, want to kill us. I mean, you go mm. on Facebook and you type in sharps, you know, for, you know, like their, their groups that they have, and you'll see them on there. They're gladly posted on there. If you see a skinhead or a Nazi, you got to rough him up and beat him with a bat. But yet they don't get, they don't get deleted. Um, their accounts don't get suspended. Um, I've been on there one time. I got kicked off 56 times for just posting video links for, you know, some of the stuff that I've just mentioned. Um, with no, no cause, and they send me an email saying that you had violated the terms of service. And the terms of service are the following. No inappropriate or pornographic material of any kind, no threatening, um, no soliciting of drug usage, and no child pornography. Failure to abide by the following will result in your account being suspended or disabled. I've never okay. not once violated the following, and all I've done was post actual news facts with links that where people can verify. Okay, well, look, man. Like, I don't. I mean, I don't know you very well, but like, if if you um if you if that's all that happened, then like, I mean, I don't know what. Wait, I hear someone talking. Sorry. Oh no, you. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. Um, so, look, I mean, if you did not violate any sort of code, I understand. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, this is what I'm trying to promote here. It's a free speech zone. I mean, like, I don't know, like, I, I guess, like, to me, like, what, like, what is, like, the sort of default in this country, though? It's not, it, it's still white people, right? Well, I can tell you what it is. It's, it's the decline of, of balls is basically what it boils down to, because, the quote from our founding fathers is, the tree of liberty must be replenished from time to time with the blood of tyrants as well as the blood of patriots. Um, if, our, if our forefathers um, and, and founders of this country were alive today, um, they would be storming Washington, D.C. and our nation's capital with muskets in hand. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, there wouldn't be enough, enough lampposts in America for what needs to be done. Because when it comes to politics now, you, you can look at the way this country is, the, the economic problem that we're in since 2008, and they say that you know, unemployment's dropping, you know, jobs are increasing. But what they don't tell you when they, when they count in the figures for the national unemployment average is, yeah, it's going to go down because these people have exhausted their unemployment limits, and ergo, they don't qualify for it, so they're taken off the list as – Unemployed, so they don't get counted. <clears throat> so when they say that, oh, it's dropped, say, from eight percent to seven point something percent, the reality is, is it's actually higher than that. It's just these people aren't being counted. Right. Well, okay, I can see that. Well, okay, so you, but you think that the economy was great before two thousand and eight? Uh, it it start. It was pretty good, I'd say. No, nah, it really wasn't. <clears throat> It was pretty good from 2003, um, getting close to 2008, and then that's when you've seen it all just coming down. I mean all the, the, the bullshit that people put in place to try and sustain an infrastructure that, quite frankly, it, it, it can't be done. I mean there's not enough jobs in this country um, to support it. I mean, there's not. I mean you, you look at, for example, you know, Social Security. 
you know, the people that are in their 70s and 80s, they, they better enjoy it while they can because there's not going to be none left when I'm that age, when my kids are that age. I agree age, with you on that, yeah. Vietnam, the first yeah, Iraq yeah. War, the, the second Iraq War, Afghanistan. But here's the problem, and this is just common sense. When you dip into funds to go to use towards something else, you always, after you're done, you put funds back into it to replenish it. I'm they have that. And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to raise the age limit on how old you have to be to you know, collect um, you know, your, your retirement. And what they want you to do is, for all practical purposes, they want you to die because they know damn well they can't pay you. Okay, they so, can't. <laughs> so but you're, you're saying that this is a trend that's only been happening since 2008. Like, no, not remembering no it's, that. it's gotten worse. I mean, there have been things that have been oh, leading to it and signs. But, like, you don't remember that President Bush. Oh, Bush, man, that's the biggest mistake this country ever had. I'm with you on that. I mean, how in the hell he got reelected, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the promise of going to war after 9-11. Uh, and then attacking you know, Iraq based on weapons of mass destruction. You show me a camel dragging a warhead, and I'll go, huh, I guess that makes sense. There, there was none. There, there wasn't. All this was was an attempt to do what Daddy Bush didn't do. Exactly. And the war, on yeah. terror, the war on terror is a joke because how can you be on at war with the word? Dude, I mean, if, if you're going to yeah, have a war dude, on terrorism... Listen, like you then, are like... You're, you're saying like a lot of like a really insightful stuff. Like, and I have another guy who calls in here, Dragon. He left, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Oh my god, my regulars are leaving the show. Anyways, uh, he left, but like he's he's spoken to this stuff a lot. Like, you're saying a lot of things that like a lot of people are affected by, and that needs to be heard. But like, mm-hmm. a lot and that's of the people, problem. A, a, lot a lot of people, people of color mm-hmm. would fucking agree with you, and like a lot of like they, they like, have actually. I've been on yeah. uh, one show. Um, uh, I'd say a week ago I was invited to. It was hosted by an African-American male um, in East Georgia, and he, he hosts a show called Nation Talk Coast to Coast. And me and him were having a civilized conversation, and, and he agreed with me on everything. He even put his own people in the hot seat, and he said, you know, all right, black people, listen up because I'm going to put you on the burner. He goes, the guy's right. There are way too many of us that rely on welfare and, and these white people and their tax money, instead of getting off our ass and trying to do things for ourselves. And this is a 50-year-old guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there, and then at the end of the show, he invited me back. And I, I was see, like, okay. wow. <laughs> What's the name of the show? Uh, it's, was it, uh, it wasn't Nash Radio, was it? What's it no, called? no, it was, Nation, uh, it talk, was... Nation Talk with uh, Mr. Kenneth Jenkins. Yep, there we go. Wait, you, so you listened to it too, Pastor Linstead? Oh, I was his guest about two years ago. Uh, I was one of his, I guess, he, he plays it every so often. He he thought it was a rather wild call here. Mm-hmm. So uh, do you, do you have the same thing with me. <laughs> do, you, do you have to take a shower after you talk to a black person? Who, man? No, I mean, so <laughs> to, me, to me, they're just, they're just beasts of the field. They're just, I mean, There's, I don't, I don't take a, I don't take a shower after, yeah, after I talk to my dog or cat or anything like that, I mean, why should you, oh why should you go ahead and, you know, talk? I mean, to me, to me, they're just, you know, they're just simply, you know, they're just simply animals here. But, you know, he's, <laughs> he's one of the smarter ones. He, uh, 
he did go ahead and call up, and I did. I mean, from what I gather, he heard something that he usually didn't hear from his regular circle of friends, and every so often he plays it again and again and again. And, uh, well, what happens is that one of these uh, mamsers got me kicked off the talk show for, you know, six, seven months here. But in any case, uh, the question was, you know, did you have did you have this Bradley, uh, what was his name, Bradley uh, Jenkins? Oh, no, something like that. I never had. No, him no, on. the oh. uh, the guy who we had on was uh, Daryl Lamont Jenkins uh, from One oh, People's that's, Project. Oh, yeah, that's a little snagger. But yeah, no, oh, yeah. Mean, you know, Wait, what? What'd you call him? Daryl Lamont Jenkins, right? Yeah. Yeah, one primates project here. I, well, I I'm with you on that. He knows. Brother. He knows. You know, he knows me, and oh, he kicked me off. He kicked me off of this so-called. Uh, what was it called? Uh, he called? He calls it Mute Stormfront. I used to call it Mutant Spermfront. I got kicked off. I got banned a couple <laughs> times from there. But uh, anyway, you were talking about you were talking about uh, Morse Gillette. Uh, uh-huh. I was I was Morse Gillette's, uh state leader. What happens is that Morse Gillette is just really nothing more than a former drunken crackhead. He got kicked. He got kicked out uh, by Ray, Ray Redford. Had to kick him out because he was just. Uh, he was just a stupid criminal and thieving one who. Was now, what about uh, what about got, Paul Mullet? Mullet Mullet is another Mullet's another criminal. Uh, yeah, because he, he had a guy Gary, Gary Godson, I believe, or Christopher something as oh his chief God, of staff man. who was a like sex such, offender. This is like such like a fucking like inside show. This is like inside baseball. Jesus, like I don't even know who the fuck these guys are. I don't Morris, even know Galette, Morris Galette, he. Uh, Oh, he was, you know, he, and Morskowet doesn't need money. He got, what, $500,000 from the Hill Grooms estate here, and they let him oh, have yeah. $20,000 here. And I let's mean, not forget about the names he turned over, too. Oh, yeah, he's, a, you know, pretty well, he's he's been laying low for the last six months because Angle Mestizo Truett, or Alan Truett, as I call him, uh, you know, he got all annoyed at Gillette testifying against him at this, uh, you know, at this uh, grand jury, uh, at this grand jury hearing, and essentially, everybody says he's wearing a wire, and they're pretty well scared of him. Uh, they're pretty well scared they're going to get in trouble. He uh, he got convicted. He got convict. He got convicted for a plea bargain. He was he was all drunk as a skunk in uh, late April 2005, and uh, him, this other this other idiot, were drunk as a skunk and they were they were videotaping plotting to rob banks in Alabama. And yeah, I, I don't I don't support that. I mean that that's one of the things we have on our website is you know, we're a law abiding organization. We we act within the means of the law, not outside it. You know, so Pastor Lynch will not be tolerated. Let me ask yeah. let me ask you guys let me ask you something. So but Pastor Lindstead, you are you are for the extermination of non white people. No, absolutely not. No, 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 no. I, I recognize their right. No, 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 no. Hang on, dude. I'm asking you. You're, 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 ask, you're asking me. Uh, uh, okay. So are, you, are you a non-violent person? Are you a violent person or no, non-violent? No, well, no. I, I do believe. I do believe, just like any you know dual seed line Christian identity believer, is that the Great Tribulation will destroy 90 percent of the Uyghurs. And pretty well all you know all the Mamsers and all the Jews here. 
And essentially, you know, that's that's another fight here because you have so many Jews and Christian identity pretend to be Aryan like Eli James and William Fink, and they have are a some big of them, Are some of them in the chat right now or like? Well, guest number six, guest number six is Jeremy Visser. You know, the you know the Melanchthon Mams or Pisser Possum. Uh, guest number nine is this uh, Australian poofter and possible transsexual called Obadiah 118 or Obagender Bender Pisser Poofter Possum. I mean, uh, <laughs> pretty well, I get, I get, I get stalked everywhere by all the gender bender everywhere. It has, it has its own little forum that calls the Christian Identity Forum dot net, and you know, pretty well, I call it two and a half mamsers, uh, although it's down by a mamser and a half. But uh, so you, you have, you have, you have in this movement, you have in this movement, you know, quitters who, you know, like Colette, they took a plea, you know, he could have faced thirty years. For essentially, he was caught dead to rights, drunk as a skunk, trying to rob banks in Alabama. You know, in Alabama, and he claimed he did it for the church, and everybody knows he did it for Bolivian nose candy. And uh, essentially, he's a drunk. He's just a drunken crackhead and a snitch here. And you, you, so I have, I have, I have guest number nine asking host, ask Marty about all the children of regime criminals he plans to torture. What, what's that all? Okay. About? Generally, what that's all about is that Obagender Bender is some sort of, you know, some sort of Jew character. I have pointed out, you know, I, you know, my, my history is that essentially. Yes, number nine. Are you uh, a Jew? Plotted, just just so yes or no. They, they plotted. They they went ahead and stole my grandchildren and plotted to have me railroaded on a bogus child molestation case, and I would accept. I wouldn't accept uh, essentially the railroad. And since I insist on being my own lawyer, I got sent to a mental bill psychiatric hospital for, what, two and a half years and doped up and tortured there, just like in the Soviet Union. And eventually I managed to, you know, convince them that maybe I'd accept a lawyer, and then I didn't. And then since I was allowed to be my own attorney, uh, they had to let me out on bond. And pretty well my grandson refused to uh, lie against me, and the case had to be dismissed. So... I've been pretty well. I've been pretty well notorious for probably being one of the only movement leaders once Zog went after him, who hasn't gone to prison. And so, Mark, uh, so, 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 Pastor. Um, yeah. So I guess, like, I mean, switching switching gears a little bit. Like, guess number okay. six. Like, in 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 the chat, he's been sort of like putting that out there that like you about the yeah, time of the station charges. Yeah, so, well, what happens? This or this or is such an evil quitter. He was sort of on my side. Then I caught him trying to steal Galette's, uh, trying to steal Galette's, you know, trust fund. I only had four hundred thousand at the time. I mean, he's a he's a complete lying man through those Obadiah. But generally, when I when I go ahead and point out, uh, and that's that's one of the reasons I've been kicked off. They they go ahead and act when I talk about the Great Tribulation. They act like one hundred and twenty million Wiggers. And 170 million mamsers and 6 million muds are all going to line up, line up orderly in front of my hovel in Grammy, Missouri, and I'm going to machine gun them all down. And, uh, I mean, this is so ridiculous. Uh, really, dual seed line Christian identity does believe that there is going to be a great tribulation and that Zog Babylon, the third and final, will be destroyed. And pretty oh. well, unlike... Unlike all the movement leaders, I, I do a show called The Movement Turd. I know these people. I know you know who they are. 
uh, their various crimes, and essentially most of them are just uh, they're just agent provocateurs for Zog Babylon. Oh yeah, just like Jeff Scoop. There's another turd well, right there. Yeah, well, there's a there's a there's a there's a worthless piece of shit. He, uh, you know, he. I mean, he's just he's just a lying criminal who uh, essentially gets a bunch of idiots running around in uniform. I well, mean, did you hear about his latest so, his latest me, escapade? Yeah. Well, about uh, Snyder. Well, one of his, his chief uh, head of security, or quote the SS for the NSM, because half of those idiots wouldn't even qualify to be a pimple on the lowest ranking SS private's ass. Um, yeah. The man was dismissed um, publicly um, when his uh, his private life came to light that he is in fact married to a black woman which makes his daughter, who is also a member of the NSM and the SS, um, mixed blood. Wait, 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 wait. So this, this member of the SS, mm-hmm. which, so which SS organization is this? I'm just uh, The NSM, National Socialist Movement. Yeah. So, he was, so did his black wife know that he was mar- in this fucking movement? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, Snyder's face is over everything. Out? He was married. Was he, was, he was married. He was married, and he knew it to a woman who was, you know, had. Well, she was. She's an Arab of some sort here, and she had a. She had a nigger daughter. Oh no, you're talking about Joanna. Uh, Joanna Scoop. Yeah, uh, Joanna Amberjade. All this sort of thing. You know what I mean? The one who turned over the entire membership roster to uh, OnePeoplesProject.com, well, and they not, posted it publicly. He found him some new pussy in California. In California, oh, yeah. up, and pretty well, she got all mad, and she sent out. She went ahead and sent out the membership list to, you know, to old Daryl Lamont, Nigger Jenkins, and uh, the FPLC, and she and pretty well hosted the show. I don't, I don't want to interrupt or anything because I'm trying not to talk over everybody. Um, but for the host who's running the show, you can verify this. Go to Google and type in Joanna Scoop race mixer, and it has photos, proof, even even her uh, marriage certificate to where she was married to a black man in Detroit named Raymond Smith, who at one point in time I had contacted on the phone um, at 2 a.m., and his response was, was, do you know what time it is? And I said, yeah, I know what time it is, but right now you need to talk to me or you're going to be talking to 50-some pissed-off white people showing up at your house. You pick. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so who's Joanna Scoop? Jeff Scoop's ex-wife. Jeff Scoop's wife. And this is the black. I don't know. I don't know if they're divorced yet or not. This this has been around for about what ten months or so. Oh yeah. Okay, hold yeah, on, this, hold on, dude. You guys are like, this is like some inside baseball shit that like I'm trying to follow. <laughs> Seriously, man. Like, okay, so Joanna Scoop is she a is she the black woman? No, no. She she looks white, but she's actually you know, she, Arab. She's a she's a you know. Remember what I said about Arab? You know, it used to mean five thousand years ago from Hebrew word Arab. It meant mixed race. Here, she's a mixed race. She's a mixed race woman who has a you know has a Negro or nigger daughter, and Jeff Shoup knew about it. And essentially, the third for four years, Negro or nigger. Yeah. Okay. Well, he, he knew about it. He was lying. he was lying. He was lying about it the entire time, and everybody else knew about it. I mean. You know, the NSM, I mean, there's usually a scandal every month. And, uh, oh, you ever remember Bill White? Well, on 60 Minutes, uh, they had, what, about this, uh, you know, this guy's 10-year-old kid 
going ahead and you know shooting one of you know shooting his daddy in the head at yeah, 3 o'clock Jeff in the Hall. morning. I, and, I tell you and, what, I know, you know that guy. JP Reddy, JP Reddy used to be mm-hmm. associated with that, and then around the first of May, He's uh, dead. his much sharp girlfriend told him to hit the road. He freaked out. He shot her. They shot her beaner daughter, and they shot the beaner daughter's, you know, baby, mm-hmm. and then shot the wigger boyfriend, and then shot himself. And there's well, you know, there is one thing in regards to Jeff Hall, the uh, the guy in California whose son shot him at point blank range. I I, I knew the guy. Um, I, I I wouldn't say I knew him knew him, but I I knew him well enough to where I I had had you know several conversations with him over the phone, um, yeah. and and a year span. And um, Jeff Hall is definitely a shady character because, uh, you know, he, he's a failed plumber and he made his wife do all the working instead of being, you know, the man and actually boning up to your responsibilities um, and providing for your family like the rest of us do without making excuses as to why we can't. Um, <clears throat> his son had serious, serious discipline issues um, with his temper, um, his violent streaks. Um, and I, at the point I, I even told Jeff Hall one time, I said, you know, I, I don't think it's safe, nor is it healthy for you to have your son, um, around, you know, with, when you have your meetings, when you have your national socialist flags, uh, up, um, when you walking around in your shirt with a, uh, token cough, you know, death's head logo on it. Um, because national neo-Nazis basically have been emerged with each other in regards with acts of violence. And his son, I told him, I said, your son is going to pick up on this and something bad is going to happen. And, and of course, I got told, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about, you know, and, you know, he's, he's older than me. Take it from somebody who's far wiser. And I said, all right, dude, it's your funeral two weeks later. I heard about it. I heard that his son shot him in the face um, while he was sleeping in the middle of the night, and and, and it didn't surprise me. It it, it didn't. It, it really didn't. I mean, it's sad to, you know, to hear something like that, but it, it didn't surprise me. That's why myself, I have two kids. I have one boy and I have one girl. My daughter is five. My son is three. I keep all of my stuff, as far as my, my beliefs go, out of sight and out of mind when it comes to my kids. But they're going to see your tattoos, though, dude. I, I keep those covered up around them. Um, and the reason is, is because I'm not like most parents out there that are going to take their five-year-old or their seven-year-old to a meeting or a rally. I'm not going to put my kid's health at risk. I don't want to be out somewhere at a grocery store, somebody see my tattoos, and want to pick a fight, and, and knowing that they would get the best of it because my, my, my kids are present. And, and people will do that. So... I keep it away from them until they reach the age of either 14 or 15, and they start asking questions. Well, Daddy, you know, well, why is it that you do this? Or, Daddy, you know, somebody said, you know, that they've seen you on Google. You know, what, what's this about? Then I will sit down. I will explain it to them. If they choose to follow in their father's footsteps, then that's great. If they choose not to, I'll love them regardless. Love them regardless. Okay. But I'm not brainwashing my children in this, as most people would call it, and I'm not I'm not parading it around in front of them. Right. Okay. Well, that's oddly commendable. Can I ask you something? Uh, where did you grow up, Delaware? Uh, actually, like, what, what? I originally grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, inner city. 
So, like, what was, like, what was the point where, like, you discovered this sort of, like, white pride, or, like, why did you decide to hate other people who weren't you? Well, the time that I discovered this, I would have to say I was young, around, I'd say seven or eight, and um, I started noticing a few things going on, but I really didn't, you know, think about it in too much detail. I really didn't, you know, sit down and do my homework and, you know, figure things out for myself. And, you know, I was, I was constantly, me and my friends, we were either being bullied or beaten up uh, by blacks. Um, every time, you know, we said something, um, we were at default for whatever reason. Um, and then one day, um, we had an argument with, uh, you know, some, some local bloods. Uh, and, of course, I, I didn't know what the fuck that was at the time. I mean, shit, I'm seven years old. Who, who's going to know what a gang is at seven years old? Um, and, you know, I got called a piece of shit cracker, and, and me, you know, hearing something that I had seen on TV, I said, well, you're one to talk, nigger. And the next thing I know, I've got the person's mother and a state trooper showing up at my house talking to my family, and then they're asking me, well, did you say this? Yeah, I did, but this is why. And... I was the one who got sentenced to probation. I even had to write an apology letter, even though I didn't even instigate it. I didn't do anything. All I did was me and my friends were walking. I made eye contact, and I got singled out. Okay. And, and then it was a, a, a escalating period of events um, that led me to the conclusion that I, where I'm at now is because – Again, you know, the United States government's definition of a hate crime is, well, when you target an individual specifically on their gender or their, their skin color, um, and you attack them with no reason, you don't know them, you've never met them a day in your life, they've never done anything to you, and you attack them um, physically based on the following, then that is the United States government's definition of a hate crime. However, Right. When it comes to groups like Antifa or Sharps, Sharps are skinheads against racial prejudice, but they're, they're oxymorons. Um, and these people attack people like myself or like the pastor um, based on our ideology. Um, and because, say, we're walking down you know, somewhere and we've got on our jacket you know, uh, a swastika patch or something. Right. Um, and it's not a hate crime. It's assault. But – According to United States government standards, when you target an individual based on their color or their gender for whatever reason, with no motivation of any kind, no prior incidents, it's hate. I'm being me, singled me, out right, because okay. of my political ideology. Give me okay, so uh, Delaware, I have a couple questions. Like, look, I mean, like, I, I see what you're saying. Like, and you're kind of the first guest who has sort of pointed to a specific concrete incident of, like, why you came to your beliefs or, like, sort of, like, yeah. what sort of came to it. Like, because everyone else is just sort of like, oh, I didn't know any black people and whatever. Yeah. Uh, but but I have some people here uh, in the chat. I have to just address this because I can't neglect everyone here. Um, guest yeah. number 12 is writing, big deal, getting beat up by blacks on Baltimore Street. And he says that state troopers showing up in Baltimore wrong. State troopers have no authority in the city of Baltimore, so the current talker is lying <laughs> through his teeth. What do you say to that? I, I, I tell him, well, walk a mile in my shoes, pal. Hey, you're far from one to judge me when you haven't been through the shit I've been through. I've been, I was there at the Toledo riots. I was there in Trenton, New Jersey, when, when all hell broke loose. 
I was there in L.A. when fucking 500 and some odd fucking pissed off Mexicans were throwing bricks and bottles at women and children and busting up cars, and none of them cocksuckers got arrested. I was, was there this? in Lansing. Well, when was L.A.? That was in, yeah. uh, I do believe, 2010. Okay. So I, I, I've been through the dirt. I've done my time. That's why my boots have red laces. Where are you, by the way? Where am I? Yeah. Uh, in uh, Lewis, me. Delaware. No, no, no. I mean, I'm not asking for your address. Like, yeah, I just hear voices behind you. Oh, I'm, I'm at my house. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, yeah. I mean, okay, so, so you're not making this up, you're telling us. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, I, I have bled for the cause. I have sacrificed for the cause. Hell, one time I was even given by my ex-wife at one point the ultimatum of either quitting the cause or losing my marriage. And I, I tried to explain to her that it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about being a part of something greater than yourself. The true meaning of the word sacrifice is giving up something that one holds dear for the sake of the greater good. My needs are irrelevant. It's about my people's needs. And I refuse 10 or 15 or 20 years from now to look back on my life and go, you know what? I was a fucking coward. Why, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? I, I have no regrets. And everything that I've done, I, I would do again. Okay, so um, so you had like this incident where... Um, oh, hang on one second. Um, I have another phone call. Um, and I think, uh, actually, uh, Pastor Lindstead, you may know this gentleman. Um, George, are you there? Uh, yeah, he's... Hi, Pastor Lindstead. How are you? You guys know each other, right? Well, Absolutely. yeah, I know him here, and you're about to get a treat. You're about to get a treat. I'm about to get a treat? Well, Mr. Takai, uh, those of you listening, uh, Mr. Takai of Star Trek fame, he's called into uh, the Hate Project a few times. So um, we're, we're welcome back, sir. Um, are you, uh, Sir, uh, I just want to ask off topic, are you excited about this new Star Trek film that's coming out, Star Trek Into Darkness? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I'm not too, uh, I'm not too uh, well versed at it at the moment. Uh, believe it or not, uh, my ribs are bruised because I was busy uh, getting it on on the hardwood floor. Oh, with, with uh, your husband, Brad? Yeah, well, uh, no, Brad is a little too pudgy to get it out on the hardwood floor. He hasn't been taking uh, particularly good care of himself. So uh, this evening, my voice is a, a little bit truncated. But I saw that my friend, Pastor Midstead, is on, and um, the log cabin warlords are uh, out here in, in full force. Right, okay. So who are the log, ca- log cabin world warlords? Who are they? Well, the log cabin warlords are a result of the alliance formed between myself and Pastor Midstead. And it is a, a Pastor Midstead believes in something called the 10,000 warlords. Uh, we are a contingent of the 10,000 warlords, except that we happen to be uh, homosexuals, which, ironically, Pastor Vincent is okay with. We applaud Pastor Vincent's uh, very enlightened stance on uh, homosexuals uh, in uh, the Christian identity movement, and so oh, we are allies <laughs> in against some of the... So is that, is that true, Pastor Vincent? Do you have a progressive... Um, uh, oh, he's... Well, I've uh, I've I'm pretty well 
you got you got to understand is that there's a lot of people who have a lot of notions here. My ten thousand warlords program, you know, understands that the Great Tribulation is going to destroy the vast majority of the quitters living here in the Zogland. And unlike Jeff Shoup, and unlike all these other clowns like Jeremy Visser and Obagender Bender and Oh Morskelet. Pretty well, I pointed out that it doesn't say anything in the Bible about there being any, you know, actual resistance against Sog Babylon, the third and final. And pretty well, what I urge people who are, you know, even if they be mamsers, even if they be homosexuals, don't expect that you're going to take this country back, that you're going to get anything accomplished. I pretty well call on them to essentially follow a three-part program of, number one, getting close with Yahweh, going ahead and looking among your friends and family to figure out those who you want to take with you, and pretty well letting the Great Tribulation do most of the heavy killing and whatever. So as a result, you end up having someone like uh, Mr. Sulu or Greg Johnson, and they are either, you know, they're either openly homosexual or closeted homosexual, and pretty well what I point to them is that for all practical purposes, I don't really ask and I don't really insist that they tell me their particular, you know, their particular notions. But rather I tell them that, you know, and, and my writ does not extend to uh, Santax Crisco in any case. So as a result, as a result, uh, you know, if, uh, Mr., you know, if Mr. Sulu wants to claim to be a log cabin warlord, <laughs> Why, that's messed up to me. I mean, you would think that Obagender, Bender, Pisser, Pusser, Possum would be far more understandable here. So, oh, uh, Christ. You know, he's a, he's a, clo- he's a clo- closet homosexual, too. Wait, let me ask you something. What if there was, like, so you are um, you are uh, enlisting these uh, homosexuals in your cause because no. they share your cause? No. No? I'm Absolutely. I'm simply saying said that absolutely. if you end up having, if you end up having 10,000 warlords, I mean, pretty well my view of the future is there's going to be a great tribulation. Now, I don't know if you were ever stationed like I was in Germany or anything like that, but during the Middle Ages, after Rome fell, there were about a thousand different principalities and, you know, city, free cities and the rest here. And that is what's going to happen with Zog Babylon. The survivors are not going to be in one big coast-to-coast, you know, open-air nuthouse. Everybody's going to go their own way. So as a result, I don't really really have any say about what an oriental homosexual does here. If he's able to essentially kill a whole bunch of Jews in San San Francisco, Crisco, as uh, a gay, homosexual, oriental, uh, oriental warlord, see? I mean, what should that have to do with me here in southwest Missouri? Absolutely nothing. You just wait till we get a hold of some of those those kikes like Bill Shander. We'll be taking out the absolute building knife in short order. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, my God, that, that was too much for Delaware. Uh, it, it is because first and foremost, uh, homosexuality is a perversion of nature. You know the, the, these people. You know, you, yes, it is. I mean, you you look at you know the children uh, that are raised in, in that kind of environment. They're either bullied, beaten up. They either commit suicide. 
the children right. themselves grow up not knowing who the hell they are and being made fun of because, quote, they have two fathers. Um, it, it's an unhealthy lifestyle. And first of all, this is fact that AIDS is much higher in the gay community than it is in the African-American community, than it is in the Hispanic community, and sure as hell that it is in the white community. Homosexuality is a perversion against nature. Even, even here's something that you know, the pastor very well familiar with, since he's a religious man himself. It says it in the Bible that man shall not sleep with man. Since when in the fuck did we, as, as, as the Aryan race, start compromising with these people on our most basic principle and sleeping with the enemy. I don't care if they're the enemy of my enemy. It's only okay. a matter of time before the two are going to... Delaware. 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 Uh, you better what, watch out, Delaware. What possible control do you have over hmm. an oriental homosexual living in San Frags Crisco? San Frags Crisco. Oh my, you are like on some William S. Burroughs shit, man. I mean, you know, look Delaware. Uh generally generally what I'm trying to you know, trying to tell people in the, in this movement is don't worry about what is going on in Delaware. Do not worry about what is going on what, four thousand, three thousand some miles away right. in California. You need to worry about yourself and your own family and your own personal survivor survival. Too often, too often in this movie, oh, you have you have somebody you have somebody like Jeff Shoop, and he will set up some clown because he can't get anybody at all, you know, in real life who knows what he's doing, who, who can go ahead and understand. So essentially, what I'm talking about is with my Ten Thousand Warlords project is the decentralization of you know decentralization and going fully underground. In the war against Zog Babylon, and Zog Babylon will fall apart. So, therefore, since I don't have any, because I don't have any control over what Mr. Sulu or George Shikai does in San Francisco, I don't pretend that I get to tell him what to do because I'm not a universalist, Mr. You know, if, if but you're not, you're not extending that grace towards anybody else. You understand that? Exactly. Yeah, you, you're not, you're, what you're doing is you're you're encouraging him to do something, but at the same time, keeping your hands from getting dirty. I mean, yeah, see, I'm, that's, I'm that's the problem point. that we've had. That's the problem that we've had with the youth it, that have tried to get into the cause from 14 all the way to 16 or even 18 as knuckleheads like that. And that kind of thinking by saying, well, hey, you know, wouldn't it be cool if you did this? I mean, imagine how, how respected you'd be if you did this. Imagine the name that you'd make for yourself. And then these people go out and do it, and then plausible deniability being what it is, well, this person wasn't affiliated with me. This person wasn't a member of mine. He acted on his own. I don't support that, but at the same time, you've encouraged it. It was almost like August Christ encouraging Buford Farrow to pick up an AK-47 and shoot up a fucking daycare in Granada Hills, California. All right, that, that's okay. what that is. Can, can, I, can, I, can I go ahead and answer that? First of all, August Christ is nothing more than just a low-level mooch and a low-level idiot. Agreed. He didn't have any, control. He didn't have any control over Buford Farrow. 
meanwhile, everybody who knows about it thinks that Buford Furrow was all together. I, I guess, guys, guys, sorry. His dog falls front. My, 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 my point is, is that long before Mr. Sulu, George Takai, whoever, knew who I was, he was both an Oriental before he ever heard of me, and he was more likely a homosexual long before he ever heard of me as well. So I'm not encouraging <laughs> Mr. Takai to do anything. I'm simply pointing out is that you have this notion throughout the movement that you have some control. You have some control over other people in other portions of this country. And pretty well what I am talking about is pretty well letting, as a result of this great tribulation, letting every single portion of the country fall apart and let it follow its own belief system. But like and your visible forces don't why kill are you people. For the people kill people. Oh, good Lord. I right, mean, so, I, I'm, I'm extremely passionate. It's my fucking show, so I'm going to talk. Be uh, my guest. So, um, listen, I have some quotes in the chat, and everyone in the chat, my chat is really slow, so don't get offended if I don't respond to things. Because, like, a lot of you guys are, like, asking me to ask questions and stuff like that. But um, I'll, I'll throw this out here. Um, well, before I, like, get into, like, some of the chat uh, little questions here, um, you're, you're all of a sudden, Pastor, like, taking this, like, sort of, like, tack, tack of, like, oh, let's let, just let people be, man. Like this sort of like hippie thing all of a sudden. So like why like so then like why do you care about anybody else? Like why do you care about black people? Why do you care about the extermination of anybody? That's my question to you. Okay, my my question is like I pointed out here is that I don't view I don't view non whites as being people. I view them as just being animals. So so George Ty's not a person. And, and as a result as a result George Ty's not a person then. Unlike some people, I don't worry about what these animals do in Africa. I don't worry about what they do in uh, the Orient. You've got, you've got to understand is that to the, to the dual seed line Christian identity believer, these are creatures, you know, there's, there's only two people, there's only two races which have any relevance, the evil spawn of the Jews and the white people. And pretty well, you, you have all these people, you know, like Jeremy Visser and Obachender Bender, you 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 have these uh, you have these and Namsers pretend to be Christian identity, and they want to whine about me pointing out that this country is falling apart. It's not going to be together, and unlike all these other well, why do you bowel movement clouds, unlike all these other bowel movement clouds, I'm understanding is that it's not what we are going to do to quote fight for the white race, but rather the great tribulation that's going to do most of the heavy killing. And my my point is that just like the Roman Catholic Church, to, you know, to me, I believe that Jesus Christ will return and set things aright here. But for those who do not exactly believe that, I'm simply pointing out a pretty well a you know a freedom to where we will be out from under the Jews and the Whiggers and the Mamsers and the rest of them, and pretty well there probably won't be very many people left alive by the time the Great Tribulation comes. So I do not worry what someone does, some Oriental does, 
is saying thanks, Crystal. My writ does not extend to that place. It's sort of like what happened in this, uh, you know, I, I've gone ahead and pointed out that what happened, what, what the shooting in the Sandy Hook, uh, you know, place in yes. Connecticut. There was not a single, you know, uh, there was not a single deep woods dual feed line Christian identity person who was shot or had anything to do with what happened in a crap hole like Connecticut or like what happened in Aurora, Colorado. Okay, okay, uh, hang on, hang on a second. So, so um, I have another caller on here. Okay. Um, and guys, so let's just like, let's uh, remember the rule of give and take, all right? So, sure. Um, so, Naj Radio, are you there? Radio. Uh, yeah, I'm just checking the call out, man. I'm not really interested in having any conversation with these ignorant folks you're talking to tonight. I'm good. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah, volunteer or whatever you want. Naz Radio's called in before. Uh, he, he hosts some great shows here on Talk Shoe. So, uh, but whenever you want to chime in, just uh, you got to shout because these motherfuckers bulldoze. Right, guys? Huh? <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Okay, so uh, George Takai, so, um, you know, this gentleman who thinks you're subhuman, why do you bother with him? Well, I, I don't bother with him. I, I, the reason I called it is because Pastor Lynn said it out that there's a couple of very uh, mischievous pizza-possums in this chat room, uh, namely uh, Peter Piper of Pace the Pickle Pepper Pizza-possum, otherwise known as Jeremy Visser, as the uh, transgendered individual from Australia, by the name of Obadiah, but I would say this about that. Uh, well, like, uh, wait, 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 blah, 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 blah. Okay, so, like, these guys are, and you said talk. you call them a manzer, which is, like, your your version of a mixed-race person, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, this guy who's transgendered, but also racist. Is that right? Is this, is this guy, like, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a homosexual he's trans-Jew, manzer from Australia. Uh, pretty well, pretty well uh, the reason you have such a big collection in your chat room is that pretty well the Nimbusters have been reading my forum and they're all coming in here and guest number six is Jeremy Visser. Guest number nine is Open Gender. Give me a second. Okay, so so I want to focus on you, Pastor. Um yeah. so you're sort of this icon in the Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know. But, but like you're why do people hate you so much? Because, like you like I, I've never seen my fucking chat and my show blow up like this ever. Is it the child molestation charges? Right. Is it like no, no. What 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 it, what it is? What it is? What it is is that essentially you have uh, like Jeremy Visser. Him and I supposedly were buddies, but essentially no. I caught him trying to steal Galette's, you know, church trust fund. He's uh, essentially he's a he's a Melungeon who is a uh, dog agent provocateur. I mean, pretty well he hates me. He goes ahead and writes about uh, how I've been convicted three times or whatever, and I've never been convicted any times here. But I do, I do because, you know, see, see the problem these characters have, you know, Eli James, Bill Fink, is that when people think of actual dual seed line Christian identity, they think of a half-bearded maniac who wants to essentially exterminate all the Uyghurs and all the Jews and all the Mongols. And as a result, as a result, I get essentially blamed can I, can I just say something? wrongly for a number of things. Hmm? Can, I, can I just say something? When you say sure. when you say the word Uyghur, I just keep thinking that like you just want to exterminate white guys with dreadlocks. Okay, and well, Uyghur... Like, like white, guys, white guys with dreadlocks who um, are on college campuses listening to Bob Marley and being like, Ja, man! 
And I, okay. this is like a horrible thing about me. I'm sort of saying like yeah. I'm not I'm not entirely opposed of executing those white guys. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I, well, have you ever heard? Right? Have you ever heard? Have you ever heard the term Yankee? To yeah, uh, someone outside I'm the United the States, I don't care if you're from Alabama, you're a Yankee. Okay. What? Now, so okay. The term the term Yankee to most you know you know like in Yankee go home. Why to someone someone who's writing Yankee go home like say in the sixties and seventies that could have meant as far as they were concerned why someone from Alabama. But then you have people from the rest of the state says no that just means people from New England, and then people from New England say that doesn't mean that doesn't mean us even if we're living in Boston that means these rural people these rural white people you know out in uh, whatever farming country you have. Essentially, the term "wigger" to me is just short for "white nigger," and it means the vast majority of the non-aware and the non-white nationalists and the non-Christian identity whites here, who are in many cases participating in their own extermination. So, like, how like is in, and you're saying that they're participating by, um, by sort of like treating other people like they're human beings, like they're equal. Who are not them? Who are non-white? Well, you gotta, you know. I mean, I was locked up. I was locked up with some actual nuts here, and I've well, never seen can't, can't, before. Before you go, before you go on to that, like, so you're, the, there's been people like in the chat, like bringing up like these these charges against you. You're saying that they're mm-hmm. not true at all. Well, they were they were brought up against me. They're all together. They're all together bogus. I've, I found out. I found out the hard way. I found out the hard way. Is that uh, you know pretty well? If you're a white man, you don't believe they're true because that's the way Zod Babylon destroys white men and white families. That's how they destroyed my family, and that's how they you know get their best to go ahead and have me you know have me uh, sent to prison and murdered there. So like, why would they? Why would they do that like all the time? Huh? Why would they, they were, do that all the time? Hmm? <laughs> all right. Why wouldn't they okay. do that all the time to like all white families then? Well, you know, usually, usually since a real white man, I mean, that is, you know, that is. It used to be that you could have the pigs go ahead and place drugs on you or something like that. Nowadays, you know, the fear of any any white man who is politically active is that they're going to place child porn on your computer or they're going to do, they're going to go ahead and accuse you of molesting your children and they're going to destroy you and destroy your family. I have a question. And, okay, so so mm-hmm. you, you did not, so there was child porn found in your computer. You did not no, put it on No, 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 no. What they wanted to do is they wanted to destroy my family, so they got, they got some little criminal living across the street, uh, essentially Newton County, the Newton County pigs, uh, essentially... You know, made a one eight hundred. I am a rat call. They claimed I was molesting my grandchildren. They took them away, and then a year and a half later, they decided to finally illegally charge me with child molestation. There was a number of illegal things done here, and pretty well, you know, pretty well they've they've pretty well flushed the uh, case because essentially they lost. The case fell apart at preliminary hearing. Finally, after three and a half years. Because my grandson refused to lie that I'd kissed his penis or done whatever. But you have people like Jeremy Visser and you have people like Obichender Bender who usually from a period of concealment and a period of lies and like Alex Linder, 
they claim, you know, they, they claim something that isn't true. And you have people like Eli James and the rest of it. And folks, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I mean, you're talking about hatred. Now, part of the hatred is that, you know, there is hatred between the Jews and the whites here. There's a Genesis 315 hatred. But there's also environmental hatred to where, essentially, I don't believe in looking for an innocent pig. I don't believe in looking for an innocent social worker. You know, pretty well, pretty well, someone like me comes to power, you just simply skin alive these people who sided with Zog Babylon. There will be, there will be, toward, there will be in the Great Tribulation a lot of bloodshed, and rightfully so. But characters like, you know, characters like Jeremy Visser and Obagender Bender are just cowards and liars and thieves, and you end up... Like, a bunch of here's my question. Here's my question for you. Um, no. Why, like, you guys all share the same mission. You're all, like, uh, you're all in the no, same... No, no, we don't here. Well, uh, you're all, you're all the same, you're all white nationalists, though. No, right? no, no. What happens is that Jeremy Visser is, he isn't white, he's a, uh, he's a Melanchian, he wants to pretend to be a white nationalist, he wants to pretend to be Christian identity. This uh, Obadiah hides its face, its snout. Uh, it can't altogether hide its predilections. It wants to pretend to be Christian identity. But everybody who knows about him knows that these people are essentially mamzers and Jews and trannies and the rest here. Essentially, there's hatred between, there's hatred not only Genesis 315, but there's hatred because of past you know, incidents between the two of us here. Uh, Jeremy Visser, Jeremy Visser and Obadiah uh, were siding with this character, this little mamzer called Brian Rio, to take down nine of my web pages. You know, took down Nimbusters, took down a whole bunch of other pla- you know, places here. So you've got to understand is that there is war, and there has been war, between right. the Sabbath of Satan for 7,500 years to now, but there's also this war going on now. And, you know, guest number six, he's, you know, he's, very much an enemy of mine. He goes ahead and he lies about me deliberately, and essentially it's, a, it's just a vicious mongrel, and so is Obadiah. So well, like, why wouldn't they go after other hi- like other white supremacists, like Dragon1488 who calls in here? Why wouldn't they go after him? Well, I don't know if they do here. From what I gather, I don't think they really, I don't think they really care here. Uh, essentially, Jeremy Visser knows me. I know it. Uh, you know, pretty well I have on my forum, whitenationalist.org forum, uh, pretty well I got pictures of Jeremy Visser. I got pictures, of, you know, a letter from his brother, you know, saying is that, yes, Jeremy's a mamzer. Please quit putting pictures, you know. you know, Like when you talk about Jeff Shoup here, his brother, Sean Aaron Visser, is a darker, is a darker, uh, you know, Melungeon. And he married, you know, he married a darker Puerto Rican woman. She has a nigger kid, sort of like Jeff Shoup. And uh, he doesn't want to... Wait, wait how's, it, how's it possible to have a... If she's Puerto Rican, how is it possible for her to have a, her head of a nigger kid? She had a nigger kid by screwing a nigger before she married Jeremy Vister's brother. That's how she had a nigger kid. Do you, do you feel... Do you like do you like that word? Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. You know, like, but like, like when you use it, do you like to like? Does it like kind of make you hard a little bit? No, I mean, no? they're just they're just you. You make the you make the belief. You make the belief that I say this thing to shock you. To me, they just are what they are. They're just they're just they're just animals who have no business living in a white country. But how are you? But, how is that? How how do you get? How do you get from where? 
you know, we are now to where I believe. And the answer is that this is what I keep on telling the white nationalist community, and they don't like me criticizing them, is that we're going to get there. We're going to get there to where there's not going to be a Zog Babylon. There's not going to be any, you know, any current regime like we have now. The uh, white race is not going to be destroyed, although it's going to come close. And we're going to have a, you know, gigantic racial and civil war. So what I what I tell what I tell people, and they, they get really annoyed, is quit running around. Quit running around with your stupid rallies. Quit running around, getting yourself in trouble. Essentially, whatever is going to happen is going to happen, and there's not going to be anything left here. Sooner or later, sooner or later, a character like, I mean, I go ahead and I troll, I troll, uh, well, Vissers, I troll, Eli James, I try to troll things. Essentially, all you have is just a bunch of shit-colored idiots Grinning around, pretend that they're white, and they're not white. They're Mansers, they're Mongols. I mean, and they want to pretend they're Israelites. And that's what Jeremy Visser doesn't like. He doesn't like the fact that I keep on harping on the fact that in order to get out of stocking charge, he had to admit he wasn't white. And uh, essentially, the reason I call him a pisser possum is it rhymes with Visser, but he also uh, he also has, in various times, you know, being a professional criminal without a job, he okay. essentially um, dis- he disappears. He disappears every so often, and he takes down his web pages. He takes down his forums. Well, actually, so, um, actually, uh, uh, Pastor, just give me a second. I think I may have him on the phone. Uh, guest number six, are you there? Hey, how you doing, guys? How are you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How you guys enjoying your fiction this evening? I swear to you guys, man. I tune in to Marty Lindsay sometimes just to hear the new lies he makes up on me. It's great. Okay, so so it's guest number six. Are you? You don't have to answer if you don't want to. But um, Pastor here is claiming that you are Jeremy Visser. Yeah, oh, that's okay. Jeremy, that's all right. That's him. That's him. Okay, no, no, no. We 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 keep it anonymous. You can you can answer or not answer. That's oh, fine. I don't mind. Okay. So yeah, you are, no, I'm definitely Pastor Visser, and that's the beauty of of old Marty is he usually ends up putting his his own foot in his mouth because. He goes on and on talking about everybody else and pretty much inventing things. Stalking charges, going in front of a judge. It's all news to me, but Marty just tells it like it's fact. What do you say about that, Pastor? Visser just simply lies here. You can go, I mean, what Visser will do in order to go ahead and cover up, in order to go ahead and cover up <laughs> a lie, he'll just go ahead and tell another one. I mean, the the fact of the matter is, is that Visser, you know, Visser is just simply a mamzer here. Every so often, you go ahead, and you can look at his picture. I have a few, I have a few of his pictures here. Uh, essentially, his brother this February went ahead and sent me an email. Not about, true. Well, Not true. Them. My brothers never contact him. See, Marty likes to write his own emails to frame his deceit and turn around and say, "Hey, I got an email from so and so's brother." My brother. I have wrote, a. I have somebody in the chat who says that uh, Schwartz over here claims that you don't sound like Visser. Okay. It's Visser. So, uh, Jeremy, 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 blah, 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 blah. Jeremy, are you what? Are you a manzer? Well, according to, if you were to listen to Martin Winsett, who's never looked me in the eye or even shaken my hand, he'd go on and tell you that I'm a Cherokee, I'm all these things, which is all news to me. I'm 100% Dutch. 
My Oma spoke yeah. solid Dutch. My grand, my father still speaks Dutch to this day. So it's quite ironic. And and what was happening for a while is he'd take a picture, which was legitly me, that he took off of my wife's Facebook because he stalks my family trying to publish my address out on the Internet and started saying, oh, look at the Mamser, look at the Mamser. And the general consensus amongst white nationalism was I'm white. But according to Marty, if you look at his family picture, oh, he loves going on and on about how he's the epitome of Aryan manliness. And the irony about it is if Marty's the definition of white, you can call me nigger all you want. <laughs> Guys, I, I want to like point this out to all of you. And I was trying to make this point to you earlier, Pastor. Yeah. The word Aryan is a Sanskrit word. Sanskrit. Right. It's yes. not... It, it, exactly. It, it, Don't explain that to Marty, though. Cause, cause so where, so where did, so where that's a non-white <laughs> language. Exactly. It's a very white language. Sanskrit was originally used by the people who invaded India. They were called the Aryans, and if you were to see them today... They look very close to the modern-day Caucasian. That's the reason white people are yeah. often called Indo-Aryans. I don't believe yeah. In Indo-Aryans means Indo. Indo-ka. Right. But it's quite ironic. I did want to call in because I just wanted to make it known that I've gone over 15 and a half hours with Martin Lindsay, round and round, justifying myself from his own lies, something I haven't done in over like a year, year and a half. But You're lying because, again, Visser. Okay, May of this year, right. But I haven't listened to you in over a year and a half. But be that as it may, as you go on saying you stalk my shows, you pull my charges. You're not on now? I mean, 15 minutes ago was over a year and a half? Excuse me, I'm not listening to you, am I, Marty? I'm on the hate project, aren't I? And that's the so beauty. Not, if you, not, if you, I mean, this is well. Like here's you, the thing, you, okay? You, me and Marty, at once upon a time, want, we're in the Church of the Sons of Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he'll, he'll tell you he hasn't listened to me for a year and a half. Here he is. No, I don't you listen think, to you, Marty. You think, right. You think I don't listen to you. you think, if you look on my forum, someone notified me that you'll be on this show tonight, which is why I'm listening. But that's, okay, that's, so that's beside the point. That's well, beside well, the point. Right? I, I don't listen to you, I, but I have been talking to some of the people who've dealt with you lately, and that's, that's quite interesting. Forward, so be looking forward to our interview with Linda. That's that's forthcoming in about two weeks. Well, that's fine by me. I bet it's fine by you. How come you don't address your sodomy charges? How come you don't explain to them how you were excommunicated from our church because you were convicted? Your church, your church. Yeah, exactly. Well, explain explain to the listeners then how you managed to serve four and a half years in Fulton State Hospital if you were innocent, and then explain how you took a no low press rate, how it was dismissed upon request of your family. Not that you weren't convicted, but that's neither here nor there. Please get some order on this show. Absolutely. This or just simply tells more and more and more lies. You heard, you heard what, a little bit ago? That he hasn't listened to me for a year and a half? Here he is. He followed, you know, him and Obadiah follow me everywhere, and they just tell a whole bunch more lies here. Uh, pretty well, I was, I was in prison illegally. You were illegal in prison. Mental, for mental evaluation. I was never convicted of anything. If you go ahead and look at the chat, you have Visser claiming that I was convicted. I was never convicted of anything. The charges had to be dismissed, and Visser knows that. 
But Visser keeps on telling more and more lies. And uh, that's just what Visser does. I mean, folks, there's pictures of Visser, and there's, there's recordings of Visser essentially admitting that, uh, hey, he did go in front of a judge. He convinced the judge. He showed a picture of his brother, Sean Aaron Visser, that, you know, Sean Aaron Visser obviously wasn't white. Uh, you know, Visser ain't white. And Never went in front told, of a judge, you so I don't ahead, know what he's talking ahead, about. You go ahead and show pictures of Visser, and you just see a, you know, increasingly browner and browner and browner. I have a question. <clears throat> Wait, what? Uh, I have a question in regards to all this about, you know, this guy who, you know, the pastor's going after and, you know, the the guy yeah. who's being attacked, who's defending himself. And, and one from a logical outsider's perspective, from a third party's perspective. Yeah. I have to ask the question that I'm sure, sure I'm sure we've all thought since this, this, this has been going on is how credible are you when it comes to these accusations when the general conception and within the whole white nationalist movement, is that you are compromising your principles by working with transgendered homosexuals. Well, Christian, identity, Christian identity doesn't work with, with homosexuals in any way, shape, or form, and you won't find any other Christian identity pastor who has ever supported them but Marty. And, uh, and that's where who, that's who, where this world is. Wait, 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 wait. Who, who, who asked this question here? Was it Stella or was it It was me. Huh? Yeah. Okay. So the the answer what I'm trying to say is that in the case of Mr. Takai, and uh, <laughs> I'll be honest with that, it, that it, this is not the real Mr. Takai. This is uh, somebody who's having a little bit of fun here. What I've tried to say, what I've tried to tell people is that I don't have, you know, I don't have any control I don't have any control over what Oriental homosexuals in San Francisco do. I don't know. I'm not trying to set up a new Zog Babylon. That's against the 14 words. Exactly. Now, as far as what the charges are concerned here, if you're white and you're honest, you don't believe them. If you're a dirty Jew mamzer like Jeremy Visser, who likes telling people that I've been convicted... When I'm not, then you do believe it. I mean, well, that's, that's believe, not what I'm asking. What you, you believe, what you, on, believe what you believe, but you believe all together a function of what side you're on. It's it's not an issue. See, this I've noticed this throughout the show, Pastor, and I mean this with the utmost respect. I do, uh, because I, I I respect anybody who who's an active member and 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 the struggle. I do. I mean this with the with the utmost respect. But see, I've noticed throughout the show when you get asked questions, you answer them with a rant that, quite frankly, only requires a yes or a no answer. And, and okay. you've been doing this like like so the guy say, guy who sounds like yes. Sulu from Star Trek, for example. You say that you guys, you know, you don't work with him or nothing like that. But yet, when we heard when we heard the guy who sounds like Sulu from Star Trek talk about mansers and this and that. He's been phrasing things the exact same way you do, which leads any logical person to the conclusion that you two are in cahoots with each other and you are working together, but Amen. will not publicly. The log cabin warlord. Amen. I agree oh, with you. All right. You know, look, the answer, the answer, the answer is, is that for for amusement, you know, uh, George Takai or Mr. Silu isn't the real. 
Nasusilo or Mesquio George Kai. Is that, is that true, no, Mr. Kai? Whether or not, whether or not, not yeah, please. No, no, no. Yeah. Hang on, is, hang on, hang on, hang on. Shut up for a second. Address us, Mr. Kai. Are you the real George Kai or not? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. It's just me okay. putting out a voice. Okay, whatever. Why why did you choose George Sakai, sir? Well, because it was the best impersonation I got. That's pretty much why I did it. And I called the first person I ever called was Pastor Lindstedt, and he was gracious enough, so I just kind of follow him around. So like what so you're not Japanese? No, no, I'm I'm not <laughs> You're not Japanese homosexual. So you're no, not no. Well, then, are you gay, the question is is why are you and this guy making a mockery out of the struggle? Because that's what you guys are doing. You're making us all look like fucking. <laughs> I, mean, I agree with you, Governor. Me and Obi have been pointing that out for years. Can I can I answer that uh, here? Why we're making a mockery? I mean, you know, this guy used to pretend to be George Takai here. You're making a mockery of the struggle. I mean, you have you have a you have a Malaysian, you have a Malaysian, and you have a tranny faggot from Australia. Pretend to Christian identity, and you accuse me of making making a mockery of Christian identity. Well, you have well, like your character, your character like Jeff Shoup and Alex Wagner, and, 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 and this is where I quote a you: "How am I supposed to have control what other people do when I'm not in that state?" And that's exactly what you said. That's what you're doing. This this but, is the more important show. Then answer my question. How how do I have let's say let's say this character let's uh, say it was Mr. Sewell. Okay. What control what control do I have over what? What Mr. Sewell does. Especially if I believe if I believe that essentially he's just an animal, a homosexual animal living in San Francisco. Do I control myself with some silverback as Zimbabwe does? No. I mean, I'm not a universalist. I'm not someone who has to pretend something. That's the thing about Bister. That's the thing about Gender Bender. These critters are all together fakes. They're all together false. You know, they're all together critters who are playing at something. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not playing at I'm not playing at anything here. You ask the question, I give you an answer. And whether or not you like how it's answered doesn't mean anything. You <laughs> ask me. You asked me to come on your show. Now you end up having Jeremy Visser. He calls in and essentially tells you a big old story about how he hasn't listened to me for a year and a half. I haven't really, really spoken much, Marty. You're the worthless bastard to stalking me some more. Ah. Guys, guys, I smell a reality TV show a la The Real Housewives. I mean, this is some drama. <laughs> I'm just putting this out there right now for all of you guys. <laughs> And I think, like, you know what would be great? If we had Nash Radio sort of, like, be, like, the Ryan Seacrest of this show. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is, like, some real housewives of the clan. Well, see, this, this is why, and I don't want to interrupt you because I know this is your show, and, and I respect Thank the you. fact that you're letting us on here. I, I do. Um, Thank you. But, see, this is why one of the main reasons on our website, and I'm not going to disclose, um, that we recognize uh, the separation from church and state. State. You cannot com, com, you, you can't mix politics with religion. It, it, I agree it, with you on that. It's been proven it don't work. And all I've heard throughout this entire show is I, I, I feel like for, for Christ's sake, I, I'm in I'm in fucking church at Sunday school. 
I, I <laughs> this is what people this is what attracts people to the cause is they want to hear things about current events. They want to know something that they can do for the cause in a positive way instead of sitting there hearing the phrase basically that in order to in order to do something for the cause you have to find God and take care of yourself, worry about yourself. It, that's what turns people off. People want to be active and they want to be proactive. They want to hear about things that they can relate to, something that's going to drive them or piss them off to the point to where they're going to go, you know what, this minority neighborhood that's full of blacks or Jews, well, guess what, they're going to get a reality check because when they wake up in the morning, they're going to discover 500 leaflets with a swastika on it pinned to their mailbox. Wait, so like you're not, but you're not for, you, you, you are not for, like, why, what, what good does that do? Like, you're not for, you are not for violence, right? No. I, I believe in self-defense. So, like, why are you bothering these black neighborhoods that have nothing to do with you? Well, what it does is in, in some of these black neighborhoods, there is a mass number of crime that takes place where you have police patrolling them on a regular basis, uh, driving in and out. There's drugs. There, there's everything that you can think of. And what this does is when you, when you say, for example, you put around 500 flyers in a minority neighborhood with a swastika logo and a telephone number on it and an email with a slogan like, say, you know, for example, you know, Stop the Rape of America or Free Speech for All or, you know, uh, white women wake up, stop the rape of America. Um, and, and it has these slogans and a brief description with a swastika on it in color and a contact number. What this does is they go ape shit, and it automatically gets news coverage. Uh, 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 this uh, uh, does to the individual uh, in your state. The, the average guy. person who's in the state goes, well, wow, I'm not alone. I need to start looking for this stuff. And, and see where well, I black people are. Wait, wait, wait. Black people are going to be inspired to look for, to look into the nationalist, white nationalist movement. Like, you'd be surprised. Nash Radio, Nash Radio, are you there still? You'd be surprised how many people that have actually been trying to, but for the most part, they don't know where to start. I mean, for example, you know, people hear, you know, flyers being put on their windshield or finding them. Um, but nobody ever really believes it can happen until it happens to them. Like one time, I nailed. Um, the mayor of Rehoboth's car in the Walmart parking lot in broad daylight by myself in full uniform, and I had I had six or seven uh, cruisers uh, going all up and down the highway trying to find out who was responsible for this. Wait, wait, and hang on. A second. I didn't hang break on. no laws. Sorry, man. I got it. There's some people. Doing, there's some people doing some Morse code shit in my fucking chat here. What does that mean? The so like if you're yeah, if they're they're doing some Morse code stuff in my fucking chat. I'm trying uh, to figure that out. You got you have you know along with Tesla Poppies, you got Nimbusters. And Nimbusters, you're lucky you're not being flooded by Nimbuster cards. That's fine. No, Wait, Naz Radio, are you still there? <coughs> yeah, what's up, man? Okay, so Delaware here is claiming that like it would be a revolution if if the if if the white nationalist movement drops some leaflets into into the black community with swastikas on it, not not saying revolution, but it would certainly cause a public uproar to where it would make news, national national news. Or state of course news, it would. Matter. Of course it would. Okay, and then what? Well, then there you go. That's step number one: awareness. You're letting people know within your state that hey, you're not alone. There are others. 
Step two, following it up on a frequent basis. Change up your targets, different slogans, different tactics, different places. Don't be consistent. Don't go to the same place over and over and over. You draw a pattern. You make yourself predictable. The whole point is to get in, drop the leaflets, get out safely, and with those that are with you, making sure they get out safe as well. That's, that's step three. These are all Quick question. How's that different than a lit? I call it litter, L-I-T-T-E-R. Sure. I mean, I call it litter. How is that different than, you know, how is your littering campaign different than, say, Trader Glenn Miller's or Jeff Sheets or whatever? Well, for example, they, all of them are different um, because nobody does the exact same thing. I mean, sometimes people will have, you know, a whole page, uh, you know, leaflet with a photo on it and a description. Um, then there well, are wait, wait, tell Let him speak. Islam is telling them about that tactic because it hasn't worked for them yet. They've been dropping off leaflets for about 30 years, man. It never worked for them in the black, black communities. Why don't you go tell them about that tactic, man? It just needs to be handled properly. Like, oh, for example, well, I, did, I did one in yeah, South Carolina. Handled properly and they'll listen to you. Well, hang on. I did one in South Carolina when the new Black Panthers Party you held a rally at the Capitol. I led a group of, uh, I'd say about six or seven guys in civilian clothes um, while the new Black Panthers Party was having uh, their rally at the state capitol. And what we did, while everybody was preoccupied with them, we came into the background and, and just nailed every single car with a flyer. And, and you'd actually be surprised the number of inquiries and the number of new members that we gained as a result of that tactic. It, it would really surprise you. That would be... How many members did you guys have, and how many new Black Panther Party members were there? Because I know it's only about 20 of them guys. So how, yeah, how many guys were there? For the new Black Panthers Party, we weren't really keeping check on how many were there because we were, we were towards the, uh, the town limits. We weren't up there at the state capitol because law enforcement was too preoccupied with what they were doing, and that's where the majority of people were that were focusing on them, people that wanted to come and support to them or protest against them. That's where they were. So we knew for a fact that we weren't going to run into any opposition. No fights were going to break out on our part because, one, we're dressed normally, and I did this with a grand total of six, six guys, and as a result of this, I gained eight new members within that local area. Uh-oh, 14 guys, people out of trouble. i got to say, man, it's hard to be mad at you guys about how racist you are because you can't even get along and your plans are so stupid. <laughs> it's just comical, man. I can't even be mad at your racism. At this point, I can only encourage you in your dumb plans. Like, your plan is to drop pamphlets off in the black community as the Nazi part? Like, what? who taught you how to organize? What, what the hell, man? You got 14 guys, and you call that a movement? No, no. See, what you're under, what you're not understanding is that's not <laughs> our entire membership. That is what we gained. I went there with seven individuals, and I gained others. That's not the entire bulk. We have members in Florida, PA, <laughs> Delaware, West Virginia, California, Texas, Arizona, Oklahoma, Virginia, uh, New York. Um, let's see here, Rhode Island. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on, and all of our contacts are right there on our website. It counts as boots on the ground. If you can get boots on the ground, that's a matter. It doesn't matter who you correspond with across the country. So if you guys don't have enough people 
and then you can't even get along, and then you argue about who is white and who is not. Like, how does this movement actually plan to succeed? Like, I'm, I'm listening to this, and I'm actually disappointed, man. I'm like, damn. <laughs> opposition, I'm listening to this, like, damn, why should I even be worried about these guys, man? They can't even get together. They're fighting each other. This, this is hilarious, man. Well, that, that's been one of the things that's really divided us is, you know, religion. Um, you know, most people like myself, pagans, don't recognize Christianity or Christian identity as, as a, a religion that should be practiced because Mary was a Jew. Jesus, ergo being born from his mother, Jew. I mean, even, even in the Bible, it says that Jesus is of the Jews. Um, so for, for, pagans, for pagans like myself, it arises the question, well, you know, first of all, why should I even work with or even attempt to be friendly with somebody who worships my enemy, but yet claims that they're fighting this very enemy themselves, but worships this person and doesn't even know it? It's kind of like an oxymoron. So, Delaware, I want to ask you a question. Uh-huh. Hey, you're really too Wait, just give me a second. Okay, so um, most, most, uh, most white supremacists and white nationalists consider themselves like Christian, and you're uh-huh. a pagan. Uh-huh. I'm still a little unclear as to like I mean I you told you told me that story about Baltimore way back when. But like you cite like your pagan beliefs as a part of like your white supremacy and I'm still confused about that. Mm-hmm. How how does that make you hate the Jews or hate, make you hate anybody? Well, I mean, first of all, I don't I don't hate anybody. I mean I, I don't ha- I, right. I don't I don't hate anybody. I mean oh, I, I love my people. And and that's what makes me different is is what motivates me to do what I do isn't hate it's facts. And most I love people are pagan. I mean, you though. think back, think back. Most, for most white people are pagan though, like and they probably hate. And I know, I, I know. Trust me, it, it's a rarity. Um, but think back to the 1950s, for example, and even then, I even say the 19, 1960s, even through the 70s, to where you could, you know, for example, you know, leave your car unlocked, you know, let your kids go outside and play in the front yard without, you know, fear of them being abducted. Um, you could let them, you know, go to school and not have to worry about if some nut job's going to come in with a gun and kill everybody. Um, oh yeah, like that, like that black guy in Newton, that black dude, remember? Yeah. And, and yeah, that yeah that black is. guy shot. Yeah, that black that black poor guy. <laughs> and the point is, is you look at you look at how things used to be when this country was a majority white country, and now you look at what it's turned into now. Um, even the census, uh, even even you know, confirms that our our people in this country, white <laughs> as a whole, are actually declining, and Mexicans and blacks are outbreeding. Um, and, and part of that can be said, you know, well, there's, there's a tax incentive there because, you know, for every child that you have, that's $1,000 that you can get back, that you can claim. Um, but my point that I'm driving at is, is you look at how this country was back in the day, and now you look at what it's become now. It, it's, it's, a, it's a toilet that needs to be flushed. Can I, can, I, can I please get in after this, man? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Go for it, Nash. Okay, now... I guess I'll just I'll start with the birth thing where you're talking about blacks and Latinos having babies at high rates. Uh, poor people who tend to let have less individual income tend to have sex a little more, so they're going to have more children. It has nothing to do with tax credit. It's about not being able to go to Disneyland or whatever the hell they want to do. 
so they end up having more unprotected sex or whatever. Innocent gratification. That's that's always been a problem with the poor. That's, that has nothing to do with America or any other nation. You'll find that in every poor community across the globe. Now, as far as your idea that, well, when there was majority white, uh, America was more, you know, they, they prospered more. Well, if you look at the actual history of what you're talking about, you're talking about when other countries were devastated because of wars as far as their production, as far as factories and things of that nature. So we were able to take huge market shares from other countries who weren't in the game. As those countries started to build up and get back into the game, we lost that market share. So we'll never have that same prosperity again. It has nothing to do with the color of the population of the country. It's about market share. And, I mean, I, I don't know what you read or how you study, but, I mean, this is like simple. I mean, this is community college like history yeah. and economics. Like you could you could really understand this easily, but to to go from the leap to well, we're not prospering because we have black and brown people here. That's the silliest shit I've ever heard, man. You gotta you gotta really think through your arguments and lay them out to where people can honestly respect them. Because what you're coming with right now just sounds like it's just crazy voodoo talk, man. I hear that kind of stuff from uh, guys down here. Uh, in the nation of Islam, they blame white people for everything. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that, well to kite, to kite, so, I hear from your side, it, it sounds just as silly. So, but this is funny because Nash, you think Nash, it's legit. Nash, Nash, Nash. So that dude hung up. <laughs> that dude, that motherfucker hung up, and George Takai is calling you fake, fake, phony. George Takai is calling yeah. you an idiot. George, you want to, you uh-huh. want to say why he's not, why he's an idiot? Yeah, I just went over a lot of a lot of very general things. Um, I will say that the United States global share of the GDP has declined, as he said. But at the same time, he's talking about relative share of GDP in the world, I'm assuming. But that and absolute levels of income in the United States until probably the mid-90s have continued to go up. So I... Okay, yeah, our share well, of the world's well, GDP now, has now, declined. Now, if you want to talk there, we can talk plainly. Then you're talking about places like Haiti and other places where you can have coups and still take the resources from those countries. So if you're talking about black market and, and CIA tactics to make sure we keep markets open, then yes, we were able to do that. But as the global news cycle has gotten bigger, it's a little harder to take from third world or smaller countries without everybody being alerted to it. So it's not the same as it was. You seem, you seem to assume that there's a fixed amount of wealth in the world, though. Which which just isn't true. Look, man, I mean, look, man, new look, industries man. are created all the time. It has you seem to think that like one, well, like, 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 you know, wait, one wait. country has to take from another just to get wealthier, and that's just not the case. Are you serious? Well, really? you don't have, look, 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 you don't have to take from another to get wealthier, but you'll usually make a lot more wealth if you do. Now, I, I, of course, innovation is a beautiful thing, and of course, that always drives the market and the economy of any country, but hell, it's never driven an economy like stealing has. Well, look, if, if that were true, then the global GDP would have been the same for the last hundred years, whereas it's probably about a thousand times greater than it was. So if, there was, if, if, if the only way a country could increase its wealth is by taking from others, we'd see a flat global GDP for generation after generation. What you're thinking about is mercantilism which is an 1800s no, idea. No, what you're thinking about is changing the question to saying that's the only way. I didn't say that was the only way. That's just, a, that's just another added income. 
So no, yeah, it's not the hey, only. Hey, fake, it's huge fake, difference fake when you're talking Sakai. about the U.S. can control other countries' markets and France who can't. That's why France is who they are now, and we are who we are now. Huge difference, man. Yeah, and also, uh, fake George Takai, you're, you're saying that we don't take from other countries. No, no, no. What, I, what I'm saying is that the assumption that there is a fixed amount of wealth and the only way for a country to increase its share of wealth no is to saying take that. another Nobody is said that, Nobody fucking said that, though. No, I didn't say that. I said it's a huge yeah, said difference that. maker. And if you don't think it is, then, I mean, you... I don't know. I don't know what to say to you, man. Why do you, uh, you think we're in Iraq? Why do you think we're in Afghanistan? What, what, what do we okay, have? George, George, fake, fake Sulu. Like, yeah. you're saying that we don't benefit off of, like, the cheap labor of other countries. That hasn't helped our GDP. You're, you're really saying that? Not at all. Not at all. That's not what I'm saying at all. Because we've been doing that. You do know that, right? Yeah, okay. okay, so, of course, it's not the only reason, but it is a big reason. Thank you. Oh, guys, come on. Okay, well, this is the time where we sing Kumbaya. No, I, I have no problem with him. I, I, I'm just surprised that he thought that what he was saying made sense. He's like, yes, of course. That's not the total reason. Nothing is ever the total reason. There's always a lot of different of things going together to make it what it is. But yeah, like, act I mean, like that's not a significant factor. I mean, that's laughable, man. Come on. Yes. Okay, good. Uh, George, you still there, Sulu? I'm, I'm still here. Okay, you wow, you sound kind of slightly like Sulu, but not you, now. Now hearing you with your regular <laughs> voice, uh, it's like it's like finding out Santa Claus never existed. Uh, sorry to sorry to let you down there. I got I got Bruce ribs this morning. I slept on a hardwood floor the other night. Why wow, your uh, your your boyfriend mad at you? <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm hurting, dude. I was trying to straighten out my back by laying on a wood floor, but I roll around a lot at night, so I rolled on my side and it fucked up my. Fucked up my ribs real bad. Okay, so like, can I just? I don't want to know your name, and I don't know. I don't want to know like details of your of of like where you're from and all that stuff because like we keep the show anonymous. Like, can I ask like yeah. what your deal is? Like, what, like where do you fall on this spectrum here? Because like you were challenging me about like the the, the language of Sanskrit, which originated with Indians, right, right. by the way. It and it did. It, it, you can, you can uh, fucking look that up. But like, I just I, I just want to like. I, 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 major man this is my whole university thesis was was the origination of the indo-aryan language the people who invaded india who spoke that language came from central asia they came from central asia and invaded which is why if you look at the map of india it's why the only people who speak sanskrit are from the northern part of india they didn't go all they didn't go all the way down south there's there's like there there's a lot of dialects in india you do know that right the the Sanskrit is is one of the but dominant. But you're you're proposing a, that like it was from like. Europe. No, <laughs> I said Central Asia, dude. No, you. I just oh. said Central Asia. I said Central Asia. You said some shit about Indo-Europe. Maybe I'm I wrong. Said, well, I don't know. Guys, uh, I, guys, I drink during the show. Listening. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> it, 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 this is this Pastor Lynch. If I can sort of break in, uh, pretty well, it seems like you sort of lost control of your show. See, you invited me. You invited me to talk to you, and pretty well, I the electricity was down for three and a half hours. I went ahead and put it up on my forum, 
Jeremy Visser and Oba Gender Bender and these Nimbusters, they read my forum, and pretty well, that's the reason you have all these people in the chat room. And okay. uh, by well, the like, way, well, by I, the I, I don't know, I don't know why you're mad at me, but like, I mean, like this. Well, I'm this not. No, I'm not. I'm not mad at you. It's just that, you know, uh, in many cases, you're a lot better. You know, you treat me a lot better than this. Uh, you know, this Nimbuster radio guy who's uh, his name is Peter Goodman. He's a crippled Jew who pretends who? to live Iceland. The George Takai Jew. The George Takai fellow is that is that who you're talking no, about? No, no, he's a he's a he's a uh, nimbuster who he's a nimbuster who lives in uh, oh I think Taiwan and sometimes in China and okay. essentially essentially he's a uh, he's a hybrid nigger German Whigger who likes that good pussy and he lives you know he lives in all right in Sulu Taiwan Sulu and, fake Sulu if I misconstrued your words I apologize all right yes, there there's okay. a fucking but, lot going on in this show. Well, like I'm yeah. sorry, Pastor. Pastor, go ahead. I invite you on. The fact, the fact, the fact, the fact is, is that uh, you know this quote, you know this, you know Sanskrit is part of what's called an Indo-European group of languages, and pretty right. well, you know, in the 1800s, somebody discovered that the word for mother and father and a number of other root words were very much the same, all the way from, you know, from the Indus Valley. In uh, you know in India, yep, all yep. the way all the way to uh, what England, and so they called it Indo-European language. And somewhere around oh 1500, 1500 to maybe as far back as 2000 BC, the quote Aryans of uh, well of uh, Persia, they they went ahead and got their ox carts and they had a pantheon of gods sort of like the you know sort of like the the uh the Scandinavian you know and Germanic pantheon and just sort of like the uh Greek of Zeus and Woden and whatever and their main god was called Brahim and they conquered they conquered these dark people called the Dravidians and essentially they were sort of a negroid race and in order to make sure, because they were outnumbered by better than 100 to 1, they set up what was called the caste system. And the caste system is based upon what's called Varna, or color. The whole idea was to make sure there were some white people by saying you couldn't interbreed, literally touch, a.k.a. have sexual contact with these non-whites. And it didn't, it didn't work out. It didn't work out very good. You had a lot of Peter Duncan going on, and essentially by the time now, I mean, most of your quote Brahims look a lot like South Italians. I mean, India so, sort of like... Let me ask, so, the, like, so the caste system was invented by white people. Say what? Yeah. The caste system was invented by white people. It was invented yeah. by white people to make sure there would be white people remaining after a couple generations. And it backfired and in their face. If that is well, a savage system if there ever was one, which would make white people a really savage race, from what you're explaining. Why? That's that's why? a savage fucking system if there ever was one, man. What do you mean why? You you have you have you have this notion here and it's, I it's guess form of slavery, that's why. Slavery? I mean hell. I mean the you know, the Negroes. The Negroes practice slavery today. I mean uh I mean, 
generally, generally even the Negroes are able to figure out, like Louis Farrakhan, about the truth about Jews and blacks is that uh, most of the slave owners were, were Jews. And they had the white man do most of the, you know, do most of the slave ship captain, but, you know, you act like it's all together just a white thing. Uh, what, what, I'm trying, what I'm trying to go ahead and point out is that you have, you know, I mean, you're going to go ahead and talk to me. The reason I'm at odds with pretty well all the people in, quote, white nationalism is that you end up having a bunch of mongrels, and you end up having a bunch of Jews, and you end up having a bunch of mamsers. They pretend to be Christian identity, or they pretend to be white nationalists, and they do a bunch of stupid, crappy, stupid, you know, idiot things that accomplishes nothing but to go ahead and get a bunch of wiggers, you know, in a, a jail cell. And pretty well what I've been trying to do, what I've been trying to do is just simply tell white people to essentially don't do the literature drives. I mean, you know, this guy from Delaware and this Negro, you know, called what does what does what does this all Negro? The, I think it was a Negro who called in. Well, I yeah, I could call him a nigger, but essentially called in and he said was saying, Well you guys fight among yourself, you do all this sort of thing and that's true. But all this literature drive doesn't do anything. I've never heard of anybody. I've never heard of anybody accomplishing anything by all this literature nonsense. But in any case, it's neither here nor there. Uh, I just pretty well, I just pretty well try to convince people to pretty well mind their business. Things are going to fall apart, and you need to be close to Yahweh. You need to essentially figure out which of your friends and family you're going to take with you. And pretty well stay away from the white nationalist movement. Pretty well stay away from, well, what I call the wandering mamsers of Wikipedia Talks QCI. Uh, you know, like Visser and like Obergender Bender, because it's just a bunch of men. And, you know, essentially, don't worry. Things are going to fall apart. It's not going to be very nice. And essentially, you ought to pray to Yahweh to be saved here. So, you know, I mean, I get a lot of people annoyed at me because I tell them that, yeah, you know, you're dude. a bunch of liars, you're following a bunch of crooks, you're following a bunch of new boys, you're following a bunch of mamsers. Why 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 go ahead and crap like that? And you know, a lot of people they get all annoyed. Well, how dare you say so and so is a crook? How dare you say so and so is a criminal? How dare you say so and so is a mamser or a Jew? And the answer is is I put on my webpage the links you know, which go ahead and show that that's exactly the case here. And tonight you ended up having, you ended up having, well, Jeremy Visser and Obergender Bender and Mushroom Nimbusters come over here and, you know, they're having their fun, which is, I get... Hey, well, like, dude, like, I didn't invite them. You're you're making it sound like I set you up, and I didn't. No, I don't know I'm these saying, people. I'm saying, you know, this, this is not like, this is not like, you know, Jim Giles calling, uh, calling Wiggers Will Williams here. You didn't, I don't even you know who that is. <laughs> but the thing, the thing is, is that I announced, even though you know I had electricity gone, I went ahead and announced by half hour. You have these people, you know, the Nimbusters and Jeremy Visser. They pretty well obsessively stalked me, and as a result, that's why you have all these people in chat room. Now, do I blame you for that? And the answer is no, I do not. I don't blame you for all these Nimbusters and Pisser okay. Possums and the rest coming into the show. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, look, man. I mean, I. You're a fascinating character. Um, okay. So um, everyone's accusing me of being a Jew in the chat, and that's fine. 
Um, I don't know why. Um, I, I do have to wrap up the show because, believe it or not, fellows, I have something. I have things to do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a life that involves yeah. love. Okay. The yeah. rest of my life is a love project. But I just okay. want to ask, uh, fake Sulu. Like, where do you where do you land on this whole spectrum, fake Sulu? Like, are you oh. part of the white nationalist movement, or, like, what's your deal? Yeah, I used to be. I used to be. I, I got involved with uh, Dr. Pierce when I was 17. Um, I've kind of, for, for a lot of the same reasons Pastor Lindsay noted, I've, I've gotten out because there's so many, like, feds in there, and there's so many criminal elements, and it's so destructive to one's life that I, I just I got out of the, the so-called movement. But, but you're still, still you still you still hold the values though, huh? More or less. I mean, I don't hate anybody, but yeah, more or less. Oh my God! <laughs> Pastor Lindstedt advocated the extermination of non-whites and base. Uh, so, like, that's not hateful, really. Come on. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm not I'm not advocating the extermination of anybody. All right. I mean, like you guys, I'm I'm just gonna put this out there. Naj, I, I want to hear your perspective on this. Like, if you are racist, why don't you just own it and just and, and like whenever like whenever I bring up that word, it's like it's like that Key and Peel episode. You, you guys probably don't watch this show, but uh, it's like like racist is like the N word for white people. It's like why don't you just own it? If you if you own these fucking like viewpoints, why don't you just say so? I don't understand. Well, like. I've- like you know, I've I've gone ahead pretty well. I mean, I don't think I've pretty well soft soaped or varnished my particular belief. No, you haven't. You, you dropped the ant bomb a few times this show. Yeah, okay. All right. Well I do. I, I don't like and that's yeah. fine, but like I, I guess like what I'm trying to say is like when people when I hear that like like people like saying hateful things and then like I'm like, Okay, so you, you hold your racist views. Oh, well, they're not racist views. Like, what I haven't they? said that. I've never denied being a racist. Fine, fine, you haven't, but like fake... Can I, can fake, I o, fake, fake o, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead, dude. Uh, go ahead, yeah, I just wanted to say... Yeah, I just wanted to say, yeah. Well, you, you're right in one sense, because most of these people know they're not racist. They're just prejudiced. To be racist would require some power. So since okay. they can't hire, fire... Uh, ruin somebody's education or anything like that. They really have no power. It's just prejudiced people, angry and kind of yelling Fair out enough. into the wilderness. And it Fair seems enough. like, to me, just from the outside, that they can't even get along themselves. So I don't <laughs> see what the whole project is. But hey, teach his own, man. It's funny to me. Yeah, you know, it's 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 meant to be a genuine exploration. We're just we're just trying to like talk about things that aren't talked about in public trying to like sort of explore why people feel the way they feel um guys i do have to wrap up the show um i i gotta i gotta i gotta get to bed i gotta get things going tomorrow um any last words from anyone well the last words uh, the last words is that you, and keep uh, it keep it keep it short buddy okay keep it short you seem, you seem to have you seem to have lost control of your show and it, no i haven't it's, like, it's I, I let people talk is what i fucking do it's a okay. free speech zone, and I let people talk. Calm. I'm just simply making an observation because I've been on a number of these things where, well, just like one time, we had uh, three and a half hours of pisser possum and me and Obagender Bender screaming at each other. It wasn't okay. quite that bad. 
Well, I didn't know they were going to call in. Like, I, that, so. Yeah, well, on. I, you know, I mean, you know, you, you'll end up having this or claim he hasn't talked or listened to me for what an hour, you know, a year and a half. And heck, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't, you know, he he pretty well shows up. He pretty yeah. well shows well, up about every show. Well, great. Uh, well, of course, in the, the chat, things I'm I'm doing a good job. So. No, no. Well, yes, I I I'm not saying you're not doing a bad job. It's just that you did lose control. I mean, for my guy, you invited me to go ahead and talk to you, and I pretty well talked to you for about 10 minutes, and then you pretty well, I don't think you got to really answer a number of questions. Maybe we can do this some You're right. other time. Yeah, point. yeah. Okay. Well, the show, is, the show is on Monday nights at 11 p.m. I'm probably going to okay. do it. Um, I'm probably going to do it uh, next week, which is Christmas Eve. I don't know if you guys are going to be around. I'm probably not going to do... Uh, on New Year's Eve, which is another Monday, but it's on Monday nights at 11 p.m. Um, Pastor Lynn said, I would like to, I mean, like, there's a lot I want to talk to you about specifically, like, with a little bit of, like, the research I've done about, like, your sort of, like, state. So, like, your your sort of, like, status within the, the community here. So I, I do want to talk well, to you. Well, the status I have within the community is that pretty well I'm the only genuine dual feedline Christian identity pastor uh, speaking here, uh, Wickstrom, Wickstrom, he's a, uh, you know, he's a fed here who ran around with, you know, who went ahead and stole someone else's wife. And then you end up having Jews like Eli James and, uh, Bill Fink. And then you end up having Melungeon Mamsers like Dan Johns and Jeremy Visser. Right. And among, you, you have, you, you essentially have, all this chaos and all this infighting as everybody's trying to get listeners or power or what have you, essentially what I advocate essentially is decentralization. And, okay, well, uh, that's fine. Like, if, if you want to call back in, please call back in. And then okay, I'll, then. I'll even, like, I'll even be, like, a little bit mindful of that because, like, I did not know that the show would go apeshit crazy tonight. So like I'll be mindful of that and like I'll give you some time like we'll we'll sort of like have a talk between us and then I'll let people back on to call well, in. You might you might end up having you might end up having your questions in advance and I'll go ahead and have the answers in advance. Uh, by the way, I do my I do my own show called the Movement Turd and usually it's all, you know because guess what the bowel movement produces just produces nothing but turd and essentially I cover all the failings of the various, you know, pretend Christian identity pastors who are usually and of the so-called white nationalist movement at all. And, uh, you know, pretty well what the bowel movement produces is just nothing but a turd. And essentially it's on number 111132. Of course, the Nimbusters know where they are. And my particular forum is white, you know, org slash forum. And I think that's I think y'all go ahead and let everybody else uh, have their say. Now we're tonight, okay? Hail victory! All right, good night, buddy. Did he just not say hail victory? He did say hail victory. Hail victory! All right, thanks, fake Sulu. You have any last words, there, champ? No, not really, buddy. I gotta go to work. You take care. Uh, maybe see you later. All right, call in and uh, hey, you know, just just look in the mirror and think about your like uh, Japanese gay fetish. Just think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I might want to try that. I might need some therapy for that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You maybe like at least like think about it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it needs some introspection. <laughs> yeah, you sure do. Um, <laughs> Nash Radio, you still there? 
Oh, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, and the South shall rise again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks again. Uh, thank you, everyone, to partic- for, for participating. I'm going to end this show. Uh, I'm just going to throw up my, uh, my email here. It's hateprojectradio at gmail.com in case you have any ideas for the show. Any feedback, um, I welcome all of it, by the way. And so, um, any hate project erotica? Because, you know, we need some of that, guys, right? Um, so, uh, just just put it on this, this uh, send, send uh, any uh, sort of correspondence there. And also, I have... Oh, guest number two, you're pathetic. You're way late. Dragon's just logged in, man. Yeah, I know, man. Uh, sorry, man. I'm going to put my Twitter handle up here. It's twitter.com slash thehateproject. It's all one word. And you know what? Uh, we are done for the evening. Uh, it's been a provocative time. Thank you to everybody, all right? So this conversation went to a lot of places. Um, I feel like I was uh, caving in to... Martin Lindstedt a little bit I let him get to me um in that like I was apologetic to him because he said I was losing control of my show so I do have him call back in um the next episode uh of the hate project takes place on Christmas Eve of 2012 we have a more in-depth conversation during that time um I do recommend um it's a it's a fascinating listen um and I'll just leave it at that uh I'll be releasing that soon um, Naj Radio made an interesting comment. He said that these folks are indeed not racist. They're just prejudiced because racism requires power. Well, um, I feel like, yes, at this particular time, maybe these folks were powerless. And maybe a guy like Martin Lindstedt is still on the fringes. But um, these uh, perspectives, these talking points, um, you know, about the immigrants getting tax incentives that, you know, good old white Americans aren't getting. Um, These are all gaining steam in the highest offices in the land. So um, it's no longer just at the prejudicial stage right now. So anyways, um, thank you for listening. And uh, if, as always, uh, if you have any feedback, any comments, please email me at paradoxofcivility at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook. The show's on Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube. Please check us out there as well and spread the word if you like it. And if you hate it, um, fuck off. All right, see you next time or talk to you next time.